This is everyone's favorite wrestler, Rob Van Dam. You know what you're doing? You're listening to WNS. You're listening to the official Wrestling News Source podcast. For all of your information, go to WrestlingNewsSource.com or check us out on Facebook by searching WrestlingNewsSource.com or WNS Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, and iTunes by searching Wrestling News Source Podcast or WNS Podcast. Now being broadcast in over 45 different countries, here are your hosts, Daniel Heron, Tyler Bear, and Doug. That's right. What's up, everyone? I am Daniel Heron. I'm Tyler Ebert. I'm Doug. And we welcome you to episode 220 of the official podcast for WrestlingNewsSource.com. For all of your information, go to WrestlingNewsSource.com. Check us out on Facebook, WrestlingNewsSource.com. You can find us on Facebook, WNS Podcast, on YouTube, WNS Video, and on iTunes, Wrestling News Source Podcast. You go to Stitcher, Beyond Pod, or Player.fm, you can find us just by searching Wrestling News Source Podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at WNS Podcast. You can follow Daniel at WNS underscore Daniel. You can follow Tyler at Tyler underscore. There you go. So welcome to the show. Got plenty to talk about. Going to dive into our WrestleMania review. Going to talk about Raw. Got an awesome interview with Rob Van Dam that you do not want to miss. So don't go anywhere. Tyler, how you doing? Doing all right. Yeah? You hanging in there? Did you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend. Yeah? Yeah. A good guys weekend out of Galveston. Heck yeah, man. Go to Galveston. There's a cool house we chilled at. Went to or went around Galveston, did stuff, and it was just mm-hmm. fun all around. Yeah. Got to go to your, I guess, all time favorite restaurant in Galveston, Fishtails. Oh. I went there one time before, two years ago. I highly enjoyed it. Yeah. And um it was all right. Good time. Good time our second time around. I still had a fun time. Got to go out to the pier. Check that out. Unfortunately, one of the rides was broken. But I did get to ride another crazy ride. Crazy. Noah. <laughs> you got to ride Noah. Got to ride Noah. Yeah. That's on film, right? Uh Doug filmed it, I think, when I was like holding like squeezing the heck out of him. <laughs> very cool stuff. Got to go out to the beach, enjoy very beautiful weather, thankfully. Very beautiful. <laughs> Very cold water. Cold water. You got in trouble with the lifeguard. Yeah, bull. You got in trouble. Bull hockey. I have that guy from a different evidence. angle. He thought we were close to the rocks. We weren't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That guy doesn't know nothing. It's an optical illusion. It was. Yeah. He was at the wrong angle, looking far off, and it was like, oh, they're inside the warning area. Oh, it came out. It first started with what was it? Uh, Noah kept on trying to go further because he kept on pushing Sushan mm-hmm. kept further and further and further. Yep. And then Sushan did that with me. That's right. So everyone, it's a, it's a train, if you will. So Noah, Sushan, and Tyler are running the train. They ran a train. Yep, in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm all right in the train. <laughs> so, uh, so Doug, it. how are you doing? I'm all right, man. You hanging in there? Yeah, I'm, I'm whatever. Yeah, good stuff. Did yeah, get, man. Did you enjoy WrestleMania? Yeah, I had a good time. We lost money. Not, not a good time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always lose those things. I don't know why. <laughs> because we go with our heart and not with our brain. I felt like I was going with my brain. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll tell you who the Maybe smart one is. Hmm. Richard, because he switched his pick. He was smart. <laughs> he was smart. We need he to had z- that feeling. He had that feeling, man. We need to have those rules in stone. You're like, okay, once you fill out your form, that's it. Because that could have cost some points. I could have switched my you decision switched. over. I could have Noah switched, too. Yeah. He got second place. 
See, you should switch. We'll have to discuss those rules next year. You should switch. Although we won't be able to because hopefully with all things going on, maybe we'll be at WrestleMania next year. So it's going to be in Dallas. <laughs> I'll be there. I just hope I'm not going to be alone. I hope you guys can make it. <laughs> I want to go. Yeah. See, he wants to go. Daniel's going for his honeymoon? Not for the honeymoon. Daniel yep. just wants to go to the big show. Are you going to be down to do the whole weekend? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, good. I'm just a little worried. We'll see how how he how confident he is later in the year. So getting never well, technically that is true. I mean, I want to go, but I'm saving up money. Yep. By the time this he's already episode, backpedaling. You, yep. you already already going back. You already talked him into backpedaling yep. out of it. I mean, we're already now less than three weeks away from the big day for Mister Tyler Abair. Yeah, I'm pumped, but Counting the only down. thing I don't like right now is the situation with the house. No. Uh, I just don't quite like it. I don't know if I'm going to be moved in by the time I get married, but... Well, that's okay. You'll, you'll get it figured out. You have the rest of your life to live in that house if you yeah, want. So the whole situation does not make me feel good. What's a couple of days? So there you go. Technically, I wanted to be moved in the beginning of this month, but yeah. what can you do? Ah, you'll get there. Don't worry. Get that penny bar going. Yep. It's a good stuff. So welcome to the show. Like I said, I've got a lot What's of talk. What's a pen- penny bar? What's that? What do you oh, mean? We're doing our counters and pennies. Okay. Counter top. All right, you I say they're putting money into their bar. Um, I'm just going to come with like a little scraper and scrape all them off. <laughs> <laughs> you won't. There'll be a top layer on it. Clear layer. Mm-hmm. No one could touch it. It'll drive her nuts because I'm going to accidentally put a uh, dime in it. <laughs> Why would you do that? To piss her off. Why would you want to piss her off? Well, not technically piss her off. It'll just annoy her, and I'm like, but I don't think it'll be hilarious. That one God. time, that one time, that one dime, the one that the one coin that'll throw everything off. Yeah. Mm. No, sir. I mean, it could be a nickel. It could. It's close to a penny. All right. So there you go. So let's dive on into our WrestleMania review. WrestleMania took place this past Sunday. We had two kickoff matches, which I guess um, we discussed that during the the kickoff. It's sort of a, a way to get people to buy into the network. You're only going to see this action on the network. Um, and so they, they gave us two matches as opposed to just one during the two-hour pre-show. Uh, the first match we got to see, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd in a fatal four-way match going up against the Usos, going up against Los Matadores, going up against the New Day. Um, I, I enjoyed this matchup. It was, you know, sort of a spot fest, but it was still pretty fun. Um, I I enjoyed myself. How, how did you guys feel about it? I mean, I think a, a fast-paced spot fest is sort of what you want out of an opener. Um Get the in, crowd a, in a lot of cases, and uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a strong opener that was a lot of fun, and the right team won. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think some people might. Well, I could see some people complaining about the action sort of spilling over into to the the thirds of the teams, like their right. their comp- people that accompanied them. Mm-hmm. I could see. I had no problem with it. Um, I thought it was a strong opener. <clears throat> Good stuff. How about you, Tyler? Um. I mean, I remember spots and stuff like that, but like, uh, I think the thing that really made me happy was, in my opinion, the right team winning. Yeah, because I didn't want the belt off them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they did a they did a good way of writing out one of the USO or the USO that had been injured. 
uh, you know, as soon as the match starts, they attack him first, throw him into the barricade, and, you know, he has to be taken away. So, you know, he got to, you know, it was a good baby face moment for the Usos. You know, one man down, got to fight your way through. Uh, but it also gave him a chance to relax and rest because he's fighting through an injury right now. We need more tag teams. Need more tag teams. Absolutely right. But Cesaro and Tyson Kidd do pull off the victory, getting the win. So really good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, then, well, another thing is the first few matches, <sighs> how hot they must have been, man. No joke. That sun just beaming on them. Oh, let, me, yeah. let me ask you guys, do you think that the sun affected the show in a negative way? Just that it for, for me, I think it sort of diverted like a small amount. Of, it wasn't like in a huge distraction, but it was like a sort of a diversion of attention just because it was so bright. Mm-hmm. And some of the, I think I caught a glare in the middle of the ring a few times. And yeah. also, uh, just with like the, the bright attire of some of the guys sort of washed out into the sun, mm-hmm. and like, uh, it's just. It was a little distracting for me. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. I don't think they've been in the sun since what, like nineteen or something like that. Uh, maybe at the end of twenty four or maybe twenty nine. Uh, but I know they mostly had the outdoor arenas the past few years uh, on the East Coast, so they could get a later start right, right. and and everything well, be okay. What do you do on the West Coast? It's that early. It's yeah. You're you're starting at you know three o'clock in the afternoon over sure. there. So yeah. It's, what so. When it rains, they don't close a stadium, so it just rain mm-hmm. just gets into everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Well, it wasn't a huge deal. It was just it sort of threw threw me off a bit. Yeah, and the thing that that I didn't like is you know the fans pay so much money to get those seats that are up close, and they're having to wear sunglasses and put their hands over their head, you know, like to block out the sun and stuff like that. Like that's just a hassle. Like you know, I paid so much money and I can't even see what's going on. That's Twenty feet in front of me, well, so that's kind of a time, they, bummer. They kind of knew what they were getting themselves into. Well, sure. Uh, you know, with any open arena, you know, you have to be prepared for the elements. You know, I heard it was kind of chilly, and you know, the sun's in everyone's eyes. But another thing that it kind of takes away from is like the Undertaker and Bray Wyatt entrance because they're both known for having darker, you know, entrances, and so the sun still hadn't gone all the way down to be dark enough to to get that true WrestleMania vibe, you know, that that they are both known for, um, for their entrances at least. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like if they're going to do an outdoor open, open arena, they should have it more focused on the East Coast. You know, yeah, do a, do a West Coast every now and then, you know, that's, that's fine, but... I get that it's a market that they don't want to ignore. I just think logistically... It doesn't work out in their favor. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Like, I'm I'm more fond of the arenas with retractable roofs so that if they want, if the weather is nice and all that, they can have it open and, you know, but, you know, for me, nothing beats a nice, huge arena with a good dome on top of it, you know, like the Superdome was perfect. Yeah. Like I love that. I love the atmosphere that that was inside it. You know, the the crowd noise doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't escape. So, I, you know, I'm all for it and I'm definitely looking forward to next year at uh, WrestleMania 32 because it does have a retractable roof. So, uh so Do you they think can, they'll keep it closed? I think they will. Oh. It'll depend on how the weather is. Um cuz this time next year, you know, the weather 
could could be just as nice as it is now. Um, and so they probably will have the the roof open so they can have pyro and shooting out and stuff well, see, like that's that. another part of the light drowns out the led boards the light drowns drowns mm-hmm. out the the pyro i think it sort of like negates the point of doing it right well i think the the pyro on the outside of the arena is more for like the aerial shots you know saying oh look at this it was big it was huge but yeah next year is going to be that you've got that giant screen um dead center of the field so see that's not a you keep talking about that but that's not a selling point for me and neither is the open thing i want (laughs) i don't care about the screen and i want it to be closed when i get there i don't know it's just me right yeah i know but um but yeah for like but for the fans that are you know way up top who aren't going to be able to have the the best view you know they're going to have that giant screen right there in front of them so it's going to pay off for them at least yeah um but I don't know what kind of seats you're going to be wanting to go for for Mania. So it's just my rule of thumb is I watch the ring, not the screen. Yeah. Period. If I'm going to watch the screen, I'll stay home and do it comfortably. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so good stuff. Um, but the next matchup we got to see the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal, the Memorial Battle Royal. Um, surprising ending. Big Show getting the victory. We did have the uh, the split between the Miz and Miz Dow. Um, any thoughts? From well, the, uh, I've pictured Big Show winning it, but I didn't think this time he would win it. Yeah. Because, like, hey, he's the big guy. I mean, Matches not right back, for him. Yeah, I understand that. But the way uh, how everything was playing out, the perfect way they could have done it, in my opinion. Who am I? What do I know? Uh, <laughs> but no. Miss down Miss take out Big Show. Mm-hmm. Then they bicker and do all that stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that would have been good. Like, I felt... Like they could have eliminated the big show, Miz and Miz Dow, you know, arguing, you know, Miz saying, Okay, you know, you've done your job, take your place, go outside the ring, you got, you know, let me win this thing, and that's when Miz says no or Miz Dow says no, uh, and gets a win. So that's at least where my mindset was. It, I know you were kinda shocked that uh Kofi Kingston get, didn't get to do his I guess spot. just because hey, you're it's your second match and you this is good enough. Yep. So, but. Like whatever. Then uh, Hideo was in it. Mm-hmm. He was kicking butt. He got eliminated by Big Show, though. Yeah. The first guy to get eliminated was Curtis Axel. Axelmania. Running wild. It took 20-something other men to eliminate him. So. But other than that. They're I all mean, jealous. I mean, it was all right match, but there's really nothing that, you know, stood, stood out. out. The only thing that was, I guess... In my opinion, uh, maybe a myth stand out was the Miz down Miz stuff. Mm-hmm. How about you, Doug? I like this quite a bit. In fact, I liked it as Battle Royals go. I liked it better than the Rumble this year. Mm-hmm. I just thought they did a better job of telling individual stories throughout the the, the Battle Royal than than they did at the Rumble. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't have a problem with Big Show winning. Um, I think initially it would have been. My initial feelings were it would have been better served as um, sort of a stepping stone for someone like Mizdale or something like that. But I guess if I really think about it, it didn't do anything for Cesaro. It's probably not going to do anything for Big Show. Mm-hmm. It's I don't have a problem with Big Show getting a win in a vacuum. It's his or, name on a plaque. Yeah, I, it was a pre-show match, quote unquote, a pre-show match. It was I don't necessarily mind him getting the win. Uh, I just don't think that. The 
the winner of the Andre uh, Memorial is going to benefit in the way we initially thought it was. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be like a shtick match for their, you know, for Mania every year. Right. So I don't know. Just something to get everyone on the card. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with Big Show winning until, in the, in, unless you look at the broader sense. If you look at the broader sense of everybody that won on the pay-per-view was an established guy. They didn't really give it to mm-hmm. to an, a to, to a younger guy to put anyone over. Yeah. You look at, you look, you got Big Show, you got Triple H, you, uh, Undertaker. Um, I mean, I guess the only guy who walked out, uh, Orton won, Big Show, you, you know, most, yeah. of the, most of the guys who won have already established been established. Established guys, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Rollins walked out with a bell, but that's not that's not really Cena the won. same thing. Yeah, Cena won, Rusev didn't win. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, all established guys, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to, I mean, we'll have to see where it, where it plays out. It reminds me of the times, uh, the WrestleManias, when SmackDown and Raw were their separate brands. And uh, for WrestleMania, they would have the Battle Royal to see... Who got you know who who was the brand supremacy kind of thing right um, and that led to bragging rights eventually and you know so on and so forth right so uh, yeah I think well it's even just, if you even if you even as recently as a few years ago we had the team Johnny team uh, yeah stuff. yeah and uh, so I feel like they're they're doing something to sort of give it a name at least um, instead of just saying oh well, it's a pre-show battle royal. For all you lovely fans. It's a quote-unquote pre-show, but with the network, it is essentially just a five-hour WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. If you have the network, it's essentially just one big show. Right. It's only It only works that way if you don't have the network and you're ordering it on pay-per-view. Yeah. So, something to get you hyped up and be like, okay, well, I guess I'll order it. It now. may technically be the pre-show, but it, for all intents and purposes, it is the show. We included it on our scorecards, so therefore, it was. Uh, so, yeah, so Big Show ends up getting the victory, and that takes us into... The actual WrestleMania event, uh, the Intercontinental Ladder Match, uh, Championship Match between Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose, Wade Barrett, R Truth, Stardust, and Luke Harper. So Man, uh, I turned my head like two times. That didn't mean to. Whenever Ambrose did that thing, and he fell. Yeah. His head, and I was like, crushed. through the ladder. Yeah. And also Stardust attire. Mister Sinister looking attire. Yes. Yes. So um, I thought this was a uh, a fun matchup. These guys went out and put on a pretty good show. Um, like like earlier, like Doug said, uh, I feel the the right person won, as well as Tyler said, uh, the right person won. Dane O'Brien getting the victory. Uh, overall thoughts on the matchup? Heck, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it felt it definitely felt a little toned down for the. The way they usually work these big ladder matches, whether it be the Money in the Bank or something like this, mm-hmm. felt a little toned down this year and a little safer, and that's probably better for these guys. I mean, obviously Ambrose took that really nasty bump where he folded up like an accordion yeah, when he got power bomb, hit the back of his head. Sure, he, oh. I mean he fell on his head essentially yeah. when he when uh, Harper power bombed him on the ladder that was propped up between the ring and the uh, barrier. Barrier, but uh, that was probably the nastiest looking bump that. That was in there. Um, I mean, maybe I'm, I might be blanking on something. I mean, I don't want to give the impression that these guys were, you know, not putting anything in the line here. I'm just saying that it felt more toned down and more safe this year, and that's mm. probably by design. It's probably better for these guys in yeah. the long run. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a solid, fun ladder match with the again with the right guy winning here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked. 
I like the uh, the standoff between Ziggler and Brian at the top of the ladder, just doing the headbutts back and forth, just sort of you know throwing caution to the wind. Don't care about my body. I'm just going to try and knock you down. And Brian ended up getting the victory on it. So really good stuff. Um, so your new Intercontinental Champion, Daniel Bryan. Um, let me look at the notes. Oh yeah. So one thing they showed later on in the night. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was right after this match, but um. It was Daniel Bryan talking to was it Renee? Yeah, and then like or uh, whoever Byron. No, it was uh, uh, Maria Menounos. Oh, okay. I think. Well, yeah, you guys. T- okay, I I stepped out to go to the bathroom really quick, and when I got back, this was this segment had been over. I've heard two takes on this, so you guys give me your take. I've heard people say it was a fun it was a fun segment designed to put him over mm-hmm. as the champ, and then I heard people say. It negated all the hard work of trying to make the uh, the title feel serious by doing a comedy bit like almost immediately after he won it. So, I did not get that feel from I'll it. go with the first one. Yeah, I got that first. Yeah, feel. because, you know. So you, I heard, I've heard from more than more than a couple of people that said they thought it was a little hokey. It leaned a little bit too more to the community. It was, it was goofy, but yeah. for the main part, it was just them coming in and saying congrats right yeah. they had you know little goofy elements to it yeah i mean there were there were parts of it where it was a little it was a little cheesy well the best part was flair chopping steamboat randomly yeah but you've got roddy piper bret hart steamboat flair you know all these all pat these, patterson pat patterson all these great you know inter, former intercontinental champions coming in saying hey man congratulations you know that that title title meant a lot to us you know so it was a good way of saying this title is important. Look at all the people who have held it in the past. And yeah, they you know, they had a little fun while they were doing it and they ended up kind of they all did like the, the yes chant together. With that help and what Daniel Bryan's gonna do, I kinda of felt like, hey, it's a chance to elevate this title. What well, yeah. you hope Daniel Bryan is gonna be be doing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I had no issues with no, it. No, no. It was, a, you know, it's it's a WrestleMania fun fun segment. That's what, that's what you read on the in- internet. Yeah, I just heard. I heard the people that I've heard talking about it are in two camps. They're either it was a fun little thing that helped him, that helped put him over further, and it was probably designed to curb any backlash that may have happened later by saying, "Hey, look, all these important legends are, are endorsing Daniel Bryan," mm-hmm. you know. And then the other people said, well, it was too comedic to if you're if you're if this is your attempt to re-legitimize the, the title, you don't do comedy this scene right after. Mm-hmm. And some people felt I guess felt it it went too comedic. I didn't see it, so that's what I'm right. asking. I mean I can see their point, but on the other hand it wasn't. Like it was yeah. a little part. Well, creative. I mean, if you if they end it with Ron Simmons, who is always there for expressed like comedic for things. One particular word. Because, right. Yeah. Because uh, at the end, they're like, Ron, are you, were you an intercontinental champion? Yeah, and then, you know, he says his famous word, and, you know, and that was pretty much it. And, uh, you know, they Daniel Bryan led a yes chant with all with all of them. So, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't comment, that's, but, I, but that's why right. I'm asking. So, uh, but yeah, so it was good stuff. But the next matchup, we got to see Randy Orton going up against Seth Rollins. Um, this, this match was... Solid work. I don't think people are going to be talking about their their you know reversals and and all of that. They had they had some really good chemistry together. Uh, I, I felt, feel like if there's anything that's going to be talking about, it was the ending of the match. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Um, you know they they had good counters. They had good you know good chemistry together. The match didn't go as long as I would you know 
as I'm sure a lot of people would have liked. But the uh, but yeah, everyone's going to be talking about the ending of this matchup, the RKO from out of nowhere after Rollins was going for the curb stop to uh, to get the victory. So Randy Orton gets the win. Uh, any thoughts on the matchup? No, it was a fine match, and uh, I mean, like you guys said, the finish was bananas. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Randy Orton uh, dressing up a little bit different attire. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I'm blanking on a lot of stuff. I remember certain things, but then I don't. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, it was a solid, solid enough matchup. I felt all the matches uh, in the, on this card were were pretty decent, pretty good. So a lot of stuff was better than you thought. Yeah, I think we all, you know, we all went in with very low expectations, you know, yeah. very poorly built, but then they, you know, they came back and delivered a a pretty good pay-per-view. Um, but the next matchup we got to see Triple H going up against Sting, the man who's never wrestled for the WWE before. He came out with uh, some drums giving him the intro, and then Triple kind H. Kind of felt weird, though. Yeah, it felt. I mean, he was excited to be there, but he it wasn't like, excited. Like he was. I think he was there. kind of taking it all in. And don't um, blame him. That's a big. Uh, yeah, to walk out with you know seventy, however many seventy eight thousand uh, fans there. That was pretty insane. So long way from the so, impact zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, in Triple H's entrance, very Terminator themed, thanks yeah, to his buddy he, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. Um, you know, he came out dressed as one, which is pretty neat. I thought his entrance was pretty cool. Cyber armor. Yeah, I always said it was Cyber Shao Kahn armor, but <laughs> but here's the thing: when the entrances were like, oh, he got the better entrance. Guess yeah. who's going? Uh, Sting has to win. Yeah, you know, you're thinking, oh, Triple H, he got the flash and the really cool stuff, so he's gonna, you know, do the right thing and. Put Sting over. Nope, not the case. Uh, you know, thanks to some run-ins. And when did they make the match a no disqualification match? Was it supposed to be a regular singles match? Yeah, for from my understanding, it was just going to be a last one-on-one. Minute. Very last minute. The only the only time that I heard anything I, change was when they were doing the announcements for you know the intro. It was like the following contest you know can only be won by pinfall or submission. I liked it a little bit, but then also changed the match it, stipulation. We should have thrown those pick'em points out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the more I th- like, I liked it a little bit, and the more things happened, I got angry. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's just uh, okay. I I understand the n- n- nostalgia mm-hmm. stuff. Okay, everyone knows all those guys are friends. By the way, oh yeah, in real life. And I know. Oh no, DX NWO. Xbox, what are you doing? You were on NWO. <laughs> Scott Hall should not have taken that bump. No. I'm just saying. Um, But I get all that stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's like, I know Triple H, then the storyline-wise, they were trying to make it about WCW, about WCW versus WWE and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But, you know, Sting made it clear, no. But they still did all that stuff anyway. Yep. And NWO with the exception of the Wolfpack, was never aligned with Sting. So, you know, what? what's the NWO coming out doing, you know, to well, face WCW. DX? Yeah, it's WCW and, versus, you know, endo, you know versus all that DX. Stuff. And then I, I don't, I don't, I can't wrap my mind around why they did that. Just because, and this sounds childish in my head. Is it just because Triple H wanted a win against someone he's never fought before that was from WCW? I mean, maybe. I that don't sounds, know. That sounds probably stupid. Just sort of, but, a, um, hey, we you know, 
We kicked your it's butt in the ratings in the end. First WrestleMania ever. Mm-hmm. He's going to lose. Yep. And then it's I know like, we'll hey, get into it more later. We're, we're going to pay you all of this money, and uh, and you're going to drop. You're going to lose to me. It's just it's just questionable everything when it comes to him. Mm-hmm. WWE is just so weird with him. Yeah. So I mean, like, I knew it sometime during the match that you know this wasn't going to be one of those five star classic matches. No, 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 I didn't think so either. But, but I still got pumped up because they never fought before. I yeah. always get pumped up for stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't know. Doug, what's what's your take on it? I mean, I thought this was garbage. Uh, I mean, it was it was dressed up nice garbage. It was like black tie, black tie affair garbage or like your Sunday best garbage mm-hmm. in the sense that they pulled out a lot of stops to make it a big deal or whatever. But still, at the end of the day, it's still just trash to me. Yeah. I mean, this whole... See, the way they, they plotted this about WCW versus uh, WWE, and then we're like, no, that that's a disjointed story. It doesn't make any sense. And then Sting comes out and says it's not about that or whatever. But this essentially, like, we thought Sting was the baby face, but the WWE the whole time was telling you, no, Triple H is the guy defending WWE's honor yeah. against Sting. And th- all this whole match, Tyler's like, I don't really understand why this happened. To me, this happened to stroke Vince and Triple H's egos. I mean, mm-hmm. this was this was Vince saying WWE was better. Always is and always <laughs> will be. It was always better than WCW, and this was Triple H saying, I need a big match at WrestleMania. Yep. This was just like both of their egos coming into play. This whole story was about <laughs> about just them saying, hey, we're better than WCW. We put them out of business. It's, mm-hmm. I mean... That's I don't, ignorant. That's pretty ignorant. I feel. I don't. I don't understand why Sting went along with this because, as far as I'm concerned, he's damaged goods now. I don't know what. I don't know. You can't rehab him at this point. Yeah. He's already been. It's been established. He's not good enough to hang with WWE guys. The WWE. We we put those guys away. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he doesn't belong here or yeah. whatever. He. I don't know that you can rehab him because where do you go from here? Especially for the fans. The younger fans who know nothing about him, nothing about his past, nothing about TNA, nothing about WCW. So, in in a sense, it's just this guy appears and says, I'm here to take you down. And they're saying, well, you're here to take me down because you're from WCW. You're the last, you're the last renegade and we got we to gotta take you down. And so they do. And it's like, okay, well, that was done. Well, it's just it, to me, he's damaged goods. He can't do anything. They he he lost, mm-hmm. so he has no momentum. He can't. No. What can? Who can he do anything? I with remember now? you saying like, "Hey, don't try to sell me on Sting versus Undertaker because I won't believe it." After this, well, it it, it it literally does not matter. Yeah. Like, what is he's already lost? Where what is the, you know, where where is it? Mm-hmm. So even I, if you got Undertaker versus Sting next year at Mania. What's that gonna look? I will say this about Sting Sting looked to be in good, look, look like he got himself in good shape. He looked yeah. better than the last time we saw him. Hair uh, still looks horrible. He looked but. better than he looked when he was in <laughs> TNA. He had, he took the shirt off, and he, had, he still had the single on, but he had the shirt off. He looked mm-hmm. like he, he looked svelte. He, he looked like, gym. yeah, he looked good. And, and Undertaker looked a lot more healthier this yes. year than he did. So I'm not ruling out that they, that they couldn't have a match next year if they were able to stay healthy. I'm ruling out that it wouldn't mean anything to me because anything that would, any mystique, any allure attached to either one of those guys has been thrown out the window the right. past two WrestleManias. It, it, mm-hmm. It's just sad, the situation, I feel like. And 
you mind if I say something or you want me to jump the gun on? Go for okay, it. Okay, so. I mean, don't move on because I'm not done talking about this. But No, 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 no. I'm talking about this yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for Raw, if you had the app, you would see Sting at the end talk about his future. With well, the, the network or whatever. The network or whatever. But and that was sad to hear in itself. Well, it was like, I will stay whatever WWE has for me. Then we'll see. And that mm-hmm. was pretty much his answer. So it's like WWE is keeping him under, hey, we're going to use you every now and then, but we really don't have nothing for you. That's oh, yeah. how I feel. Here, Here's what I don't understand about this is. It was horrible. Why did Sting agree to this? Because if it was just about a payday for him, why didn't he take the payday a long time ago? Why did he come in to, to know that he was going to lose and to maybe change play? Maybe plans changed. But why, if it was just about the, if he's coming in just to lose, then it can't be anything but a payday, to, in, as far as I can understand. And why didn't he just take the payday a long time ago? And he held out for years mm-hmm. not going to WWE. And, and then he comes to this. Yeah. And another thing about the match, we talked about the NWODX stuff. And look, with the two guys involved, we knew that they were going to need smoke and mirrors to get through the match. It wasn't going to be the type of match that was going to get they were going to be able to get through without some smoke and mirrors going on. Right. So I'm fine with the inclusion of smoke and mirrors, but my problem with it is, is like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you guys were talking to talking about, like it would have been better. Sir. We talked, we sort of talked about this as it happened, but why didn't they just put Fla- flair would have made more sense than anybody. Mm-hmm. Flair has a history with sting, but he was still a WCW guy for the majority of his career. Yeah. He could have seconded. He could have came out for sting and even then turned on him to join triple H. Cause they're boys. Now that would have mm-hmm. made more sense to me. And seeing guys that, while we don't always, I mean, you know what? It's it's not even a thing of, it wasn't even a thing of where you know these guys are friends off air, but they don't acknowledge it on air. It's like they openly acknowledge on air that these guys are friends. Mm-hmm. So then why am I supposed to believe that they're fighting each other? Right. It was, so, it was just a yucky match to me, just because all the situation that happened. It kind of ruined the feeling for me, because like I said a hundred times, I love people who haven't fought before. I love mm-hmm. them. You know, I if things if they're not the interaction's not good or whatever, I still there's a little bit in me that's like, you know what, this is so cool. They're fighting, but yeah. They just during the whole match and everything, it just took it out of me. I'm like, this is I know it sounds bad, but I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah, and I get I get that they were going for a nostalgia thing, you know. Oh, it's WCW and WWE. Let's bring in the NWO. Yeah, Let's but sure or false, you thought Sting was the babyface all along, and yeah. they're like, no, hey, we're the good. He, he's defending his home turf. That's because why did Sting shake his hand afterwards? What respect did Triple H earn from Sting? And what what accomplished in that match that Sting was like, okay, we're cool now? Yeah, I don't get it. I, I know some. I know some people who are listening are probably gonna. Defend, they're going to defend this booking by saying, well, he had to cheat to beat Sting. Sting had an entourage come out and get his back, too, so it wasn't like he was just completely cheated on. He had a team come out and even the odds. Yeah. And yes, he stu- it's still they still cheated to beat him, but but still, ultimately, it, <laughs> ultimately, it was just them putting WCW in their place, and Triple H got to have a big match. And how cheesy was that sledgehammer break with the baseball oh bat? Oh, my gosh. That, that was right very, down the that was very, no it was like, hey, guess what? A little tap of this, and it breaks. One more thing before we move on, because we've been on this for a while. The, to double back to his entrance, it, w- it was a cool entrance, but it was also was one of those, who do you think you are entrances? It was like, yes, it was cool, but if you didn't know anything about wrestling, or if you're watching with a casual fan, or you're watching with a new fan, they would look at that entrance and be like, oh, this is the biggest star they have. This yeah. is this is the guy. 
that's not his spot anymore. Like, nope. and I can't tell if that's intentional or not. I can't tell if they're like, look at this grandiose entrance that this this guy who's so full of himself gave himself. Uh, I can't tell if that's it. you know you know what I mean by yeah. that. Uh, is it intentional? Like he's like he set all of this up, right? To say bask in my glory, right? It, so is it intentional? Like you're supposed to be like, yes, he's so full of himself, or is it just that he's so full of himself? <laughs> Which one is it? I don't know. I mean, it was cool. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but mean, like, it, but also, it's like you're not the top guy. Like, yeah, that overshadows everyone. Like everyone else's entrance. Don't well, worry. R- Rusev had a sweet entrance. So I Rusev did have a sweet. Yeah, entrance. Don't uh, don't worry. I mean, I don't wrestle often, but when I do, I'm still the top man. Yeah. It was just. It was just I don't know. It was just. So, and what was well, over the bruising? My goodness. Oh yeah, Everybody. you got to give him props for that. because yeah. That happened like during the match. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> that was that was gross. That was all up and down his leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had to have been limping couple, yesterday. I guess it. I think it happened. When, I guess when he took the bump over the ropes to the outside. But. Yeah, pretty pretty brutal. So, but Triple H does end up getting the victory. Next match, we got to see Paige and AJ going up against the Bella Twins. Paige and Paige. Paige. Um, um, I I don't remember too much about the matchup, uh, but Paige and AJ do end up getting the victory. Anything to really add from it? Not really. It was it was fine. I, I don't want to uh, I don't want to come across like we're uh, burying it. There wasn't Glossing over. Yeah, it. there wasn't necessarily anything wrong with it. It just yeah. it was sort of put in the uh, the death spot right after yeah. what happened. So after the nostalgia. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay, time to calm down. They were sort of sucked dry of any heat they were going to get. Wow, if that was a death spot and then last year the girls were a death spot again. Yep. After Taker losing. That's not cool. Yep. I mean, somebody's got to be there and I mean, I guess you could argue that the women maybe should have gone there because if you're looking at it from the sense of what matches they gave um X amount of build to. Maybe mm-hmm. you could argue that the, that's the spot they should have had. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but uh, yeah, I mean, nobody was going to get any sort of real reaction after that. Right. But Paige and AJ do end up getting the victory, so congrats to them. Uh, after that, we got to see the United States Championship on the line. Rusev going up against John Cena. And uh, you want to talk about a cool entrance, man. Rusev got top dollar. He got to ride in on a tank. Yeah. It was really cool. Really, not the, really cool. Not the Jeep tank that DX is so fond of right. highlighting, you know, during the WCW days. Like a legit tank. It's a legit tank. Uh they had cannon fire and uh, you know Lana was out with her mink or fur or whatever. Yes, <laughs> carrying the title with the guys bringing the flag with the one guy in the back who was off step with everyone else. Yeah. It, was, it, it was very, very cool. It was yeah, a very it was, cool. Yeah. It was one of the I mean, I can't rem- I can't imagine not imagine. I can't remember as an entrance that I was like so like in all of like uh, in recent times. The pageantry of it. Right. Was really I mean, cool. like the Triple H thing was like big bananas crazy. Yeah. But this was like sort of like a classy big entrance yes. or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. It was cool though. Yeah. It was very Ivan. Drago, the, Drago. the fans were chanting Rocky Four, and yeah, it's it's Rocky Four. It is Rocky Four, but it was it doesn't it doesn't it, mean it's they not pulled cool. it off. Though. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. So uh, so Rusev going up against John Cena. Um, I thought these two put on a good show. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Rusev at least kick out of the of the AA once, you know, to sort of say okay, it takes more than that to to beat him. He broke out of the STF, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But they had several attempts to try and go for the AA, and Rusev squirmed out. Rusev squirmed out. Um, but I would have liked to have seen him hit it once, and Rusev still kick out. Uh, the thing that Cena does, and I know he does this all the time, but I, I enjoy it. I You can tell when mm-hmm. the crowd boos him, mm-hmm. does not bother him one bit. Yeah. I mean, and he, I like t- he takes it and goes I with it. like it. And uh, that move off the... the, the spri- it's off the ropes. The springboard. All, yeah, the springboard stunner. This is cool. That was nice. I've never seen him do that before, though. I don't think. I like this a lot. I don't think I liked it more than the match from the last pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That was sort of um, a filling out slow build into like a really like uh, like crescendo at the end where they're sort of going right. through each other's big moves and stuff. But that's the wrong story to tell here. Like, the the rivalry has already progressed to the point where they should come out throwing bombs at each other. Mm-hmm. It's, we're past the slow build to the the climax. Like these dudes should be scrapping from the bill. You know right. what I mean? And, uh, I don't know, man. I'm gonna eat some crow. I, I, I'm, I was wrong about Rusev. He's he's more than just a well protected, well booked heel at this point. I think he has a much brighter future than I anticipated. I think he has much more longevity. That, that I anticipated. I mean, I just think he's got he's his, the character work is coming along. You can mm-hmm. even when Lana's not there, he carries himself like a star. And, uh, and when Lana's not there, they're saying, "Oh, she's the one who's who's calming him down now that he's now that she's not here. He's unstoppable." Yeah, I mean, I can't. I guess I I technically may have to eat Krogan in the future because I can't prove longevity. I just now I see longevity. Now yeah. I see more than I saw initially. So, yeah, man. He's Rus- proven that he can hang. I still think the wrong guy won. I think if if you're, mm-hmm. I think Cena. Yes, Cena can elevate the title, but also Rusev can keep continue. He's done elevate, a fairly good job. He can elevate the title by beating Cena and keep beating yeah. other guys. You know, the non-American holding the U.S. title, you know, hostage. I, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this booking if Rusev moves up the card. But if we flash forward to Raw, we didn't get any sense of any real direction. Right, and. It's hard to see him in the main event picture when we've got a heel champ, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to match up. So hopefully he doesn't get stuck trading wins with some like upper mid card baby face or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like the match. I think the wrong. I still think the wrong guy won. Uh, yeah, entrance was crazy, man. <laughs> so definitely check that one out. Uh, after that, we got a uh, a very long but fairly fun. Uh, promo with Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, The Rock, and uh, even Ronda Rousey. So uh, Triple H and Stephanie came out to give us the attendance and said, you know, we would like to thank ourselves. We're the reason why you're all here. Yay, thank you very much. And Rock comes out, cuts a promo on them. Stephanie slaps him in the face, slams, uh, slaps him in the face, uh, telling him, you know, get out of my ring. Just get out of here unless you're going to do something about it to me. You know, get out. And so he brings in uh, Ronda Rousey, and she uh, a little bit intimidating to, to Stephanie McMahon, saying, you know, if you want me to get out of the ring, why don't you make me? So, And I'm not exactly one to tell the world's most dangerous woman to get out of the ring. So, But uh, <laughs> what were y'all's thoughts on, on this little promo segment? I thought it was awesome. I yeah. was shocked. I yeah. was shocked. And I was shocked in a good way. I was like, whoa, wow. Yeah. At first, I thought it was like a Triple H Rock thing. I was like, I don't care. Mm. Triple H Rock. That'll be next year's WrestleMania. Who cares? And then when they brought Rousey in, then I was like, oh, wow. I'm legitimately interested in Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey. Yes. I'm a little bit less interested if they do a mixed tag thing. Right. But 
I'm I'm still just interested that she's involved. Like, period. I guess. Um, I guess how so, they pull that off. She's the top draw for the UFC. She can probably do whatever she wants. Yeah. And uh, Dana White posted a picture of him sitting in front of his laptop watching it. So he was like, watching my girl Ronda yeah. tear it up. I think him and Vince have had some words and they have like some sort of unofficial agreement because this yeah. helps This helps both This helps both guys. Mm-hmm. Like UFC is not at the peak it was. I mean, I guess this year they're saying business has turned around a little bit this year, but it's not that pinnacle that MMA was like a few years, like five years ago, it was like the thing. It was the hot thing. Right, right. Hot new thing. And I guess, although they've sort of turned their business around this year, from what I've heard, I still don't like, it's still not where it was. And I feel like they can use, WWE can get the rub from some of those people being on the shows. Like they have like a couple of UFC dudes trying out for, uh, Impact. Uh, not Impact. Uh, I keep wanting to say Ultimate Fighter, but I mean uh, t- Tough Enough. Tough Enough. Oh, yeah. They have that. Uh, isn't Tom, is it Tom Lawler? No, no, no. Isn't, Tom Lawler did stuff with the... Uh, oh, God. Who, who's doing Tough Enough? They've, they've got a guy... Uh, they showed a picture of him. Yeah, I can't I remember can't, who it is. I don't remember. They're sort of using the UFC dudes, and I guess you can see, like... WWE guys in the crowd at UFC. I think it's, good. I think it's like a... Like a unofficial agreement, they're sort mm-hmm. of working together. And one of the things that I like that Noah said was like she he she wasn't even announced, or did Noah say that? I forgot who said it, but it was the probably fact, Richard. I don't think Noah's yeah. tuned enough to know. Yeah, that's true. But it was the fact that you know she wasn't announced to even be there. You know they did show her earlier in the pay per view. Like, oh, forgot. Hey, it's Ronda Rousey. Woo, yeah. But you know she's a wrestler. She's at PWG all the time. The, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, like you know she likes wrestling. So yeah. But I mean. Normally, they, like, go around the ring. Hey, she's here. Hey, look who else is here. Oh, look at this one. So, you know, that was, you know, they showed her for that. So, I guess people who were there were like, oh, cool, Ronda Rousey's here. You know, that's that's cool stuff. Right. And then later, you know, as soon as, as, soon as I saw The Rock walking along the side, I thought he was either going to walk to his mom and say, Mom, I know you raised me right. You know, never never hit a woman, something like that. Right. But as soon as he was walking over there, I was like, oh, he's going for Ronda. And then you know they did that. They did they did the camera work really well, where they kind of stayed away from having her right. on screen. And then once he looked over and they panned and she's right there, the crowd went nuts for it. The thing about it being unannounced or unrumored or not even like hinted at is mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been as effective, right? It was it was a it went a little long and it was sort of a little rambly towards the end, but. Mm-hmm. Like the coolness and the energy of the whole thing sort of like kept you through it. It was fine. You know? Yeah. So really good stuff. And uh, and they have announced that you know Rock and Rondi, uh, Ron, Ronda, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> God, man, I'm mixing my words. Um, but they are not done yet. So we might be seeing. They're both tweeting about it. Like we're just oh, getting yeah. started. Just getting warmed you, up. And- if you had to guess right now, are they doing a mixed tag or are they doing a singles match with Stefan? I'd probably see a mixed mix tag. That'd probably be. What interests you more, the single match or the mixed tag? Singles. Me too. Uh, yeah. I'm saying they, they set it up to where she was like, she was yanking on the arm, but she didn't hit the arm bar because that's the money shot. You don't want them. Right. Like, don't play that off yet. Yeah, that's teasing, teasing, teasing. That's the finish to the match. You mm. know, like Steph taps to the arm bar. All right. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, you want to take a shot off and tweet the rock? <laughs> Yo, Rock, how many dudes you kissed? <laughs> so, uh, 
So, yeah. So, the next matchup we got to see Undertaker going up against Bray Wyatt. And it had been uh, reported uh, that either earlier that day or the day before during training, Bray Wyatt sprained his ankle. I heard warm-up, so probably appreciate sure. it. Yeah. So, uh, so, really tough break. But, you know, they helped them, put him in a cast, and, you know, I guess gave him some pain meds and all that. And he, I mean, he toughed it out because... Uh, you know, I, I saw the story after the match, and I was like, I didn't notice anything. You know, he did. I, th- I guess that's the best explanation as to why, like, whenever Undertaker was, like, leaned up against the, the ring post and why it just kind of threw himself into the stairs and, like, started grabbing his leg, maybe that was his way of saying, okay, now I can at least limp a little bit and and it'll be okay. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean... I didn't think this was a bad bad match, but I didn't think it was great. Uh, you know, like we said earlier, Undertaker looked much better, much more healthy than he did last year. Last year, he just looked. Looks like he was on his last legs last year. Yeah, uh, and it looks like he's been hitting the gym and you know got the neck tattoo going again. And, he looks like mobile this year. Like he, yeah. last year, he looked like ho- hobbling. He looked frail. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this year, he looked. I much really better. feel like he needs to hang it up. Yeah. I think he should have done that a few years ago, but as long as he's still entertaining the crowd, okay. I mean, this didn't do a lot for me, um, but I yeah. but I felt like it was a lose-lose situation coming in anyway, so yeah. I didn't know what they could have done to... I mean, I guess have an awesome match was what could have swayed me. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't in the cards. Like, Taker's old. He got hurt. It's... Yeah. They're the... Doomed. Uh, the pageantry of their entrances were hurt by the daylight. Yeah. Scarecrows and uh, the scarecrows were pretty cool. I yeah. mean, I I wasn't like hating on it. It just like that would have popped better at night or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it was pretty neat, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was what it was. Undertaker ended up getting the victory, so not too bad. Um, you know, everyone the the one thing that everyone's going to be talking about during that matchup was the you know Bray Wyatt upside down crawl meets the Undertaker sit-up stare, you know, and that was pretty cool. What's what's next for Bray? He's got to be rebuilt. They should just take him off TV. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Didn't they take him off TV before They took the, him off to rebuild him for, for Undertaker. For this run, yeah. Yeah. The poor guy, man. He's a victim of booking two years yep. in a row. Yeah, yep. I mean, he's he's the, the current Alberto Del Rio. Every time Del Rio got some positive things going, something knocked him off to the side. At least Del Rio tasted some gold and won some rumbles and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Bray just the thing about Bray is he's he loses the big ones, so he it's impossible to take him seriously. Mm-hmm. He loses every big one. Yep. So I don't know, but after that we got to go to the main event of the evening: Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and uh, it was very interesting because I was like I was looking at the clock and I'm like these guys only have you know nine nine or ten minutes to go. Before before the top of the hour, before the Ronda thing, we were like, "Whoa, what are they going to do to they fill are this?" Stalling. <laughs> what are they going to do? We thought initially that Stefan Triple H came out just to stall for time. We're yeah. like, "Oh, they're they're there's trying only, to drag their." There's only two matches left, <laughs> and they got to stall for time now. And then you know the the Taker match, and I guess Bray went a little long. So uh, that Ronda thing go like twenty minutes. 20, yeah. yeah, twenty to twenty five. I heard that they even had a a video package for Bray Wyatt and Undertaker, and they had to scrap that. So uh, so yeah, so Roman Prob- probably worth it. This is <coughs> this is good business for next year. I mean, oh yeah. You think they're gonna do it at Mania? You think they'll do it like SummerSlam or something? 
I'd like to see it at Mania. Me too, just because I know I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind if they did it at SummerSlam, but the better sell, obviously, WrestleMania. Well, this is it. They want to they re- they legit sell out that attendance record with mm-hmm. that, that stadium. They need something like that. And I'm telling you, if they want to break some records, don't even have a stage. Just have them come out of the 50-yard line where the Cowboys come out. That's it. I mean, we're, we're talking like throwback days of... Uh, MSG. Uh, yeah, Madison Square Garden or the the Pontiac Silverdome. Whenever uh, or the Silverdome for WrestleMania three, where they had that long, it was just a long entrance. They didn't have any flair. They didn't have anything, you know, big. Oh, this is this is well before the days where they built stages and stuff like that. But you know, one thing we talked about during WrestleMania is that the stage felt a lot closer to the ring than arenas of the past. Like they, right. they built it. You know, obviously later on for for a shorter run, but you know if you have them come out right on the fifty yard line where the Dallas Cowboys come out at AT and T Stadium, that's a short distance to the ring. You know, m- much much shorter than all the way across the field. So you're only having to go you know thirty or forty yards as opposed to eighty. See, I still think they need something at the entrance, but if they do that MSG setup where it's compact, it's like. It's still like a little. It's like the a little mini, mini, mini yes, Titantron. Yeah. It's like a they step through sideways through this little Titantron yes. thing. It's like compact. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like if they, they still need something like if that. If they do that, where they come out through that, the the AT and T Stadium alone at the moment can can hold a hundred thousand people, and that's not including the people on the ground floor. That's for a that was the very first football game that they held in there. Sure. So you're looking. At 105,000, at least. Here's my thing, though. I'm almost pause. I'm co- almost convinced. Not almost convinced. I am convinced that those numbers that they announce every year are worked in numbers. Yeah. So I don't even think they're at. Sales. I don't even think they're at 75. So how are they going to get another 30,000 people there? Oh, uh, they can do it. That stadium. I, they'd can. have to. No, no, no. The 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 stadium could fill it, mm-hmm. but I think that they're working the numbers. I don't think they're. They have as many paid attendance as they're, oh, they're gotcha, claiming they did. Gotcha. So where, how are they going to get another 30 people there? Now, how are they going to fit 30 more people, 30,000 more people? How are they going to attract 30,000 more people to come? Well, if they just, you got to build a killer card. I mean, yeah, that's, that's exactly what they have. They have a year to build that. So, and they sort of hinted at it with rock and triple H and Rhonda and Steph. Sure. So that, that would be a good tease at least. So, uh, but yeah, the main event, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, um, what a story they told. Uh, even you know from the opening announcements with Paul Heyman taking the mic and saying, "No, I'm I'm introducing my guy." And you know this was a they told an excellent story. You know Lesnar was the beast that he is, doing the suplex after an, you know one suplex after another, getting up all the way up to ten. Even the uh, even the story of having Roman Reigns laugh towards the end saying you've you've get you've hit me as hard as you can you've given me everything you've got i'm still getting up you know like it was a very good build for roman reigns it was a very good to- uh, story for brock lesnar um you know the the blood added to it as well uh there are talks that it might have been a possible blade but i'm the first two were hard way underneath the eyes hard way yes. the mouth was hard way yes he bladed for the the turn but yeah he, he i'm positive he bladed. i even saw a gif where some the ref handed oh, yeah, Roman yeah, yeah. the thing on the outside. He bladed for the third one. The first two were hard way though. He got mm-hmm. busted open by Roman. Yeah. So um, you know, really well 
well done. I I enjoyed the heck out of this matchup. What did you think, Doug? I thought it was stellar. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow again <laughs> on the Roman Reigns thing. I thought Roman put, came through in a, in, a, in a clutch performance. I thought it was mm. a very good performance. I know a lot of people are going to put this on Lesnar as a carry job, but I'm going to but I'm going to throw some props to Reigns real quick because I was a big I wasn't a naysayer. I don't I don't think I was a naysayer. I felt like I was a um, not yet sayer. Mm-hmm. I was one of those guys too soon, not now. I thought he, he had probably maybe a, even a better performance than the Daniel Bryan match. Mm-hmm. Um, now I hear a lot of people say that his weak point is working from underneath, but I feel like working from underneath is his strong point. I feel like he can't string together a control segment. Mm-hmm. I think he can't, he can't, he has problems stringing together like a flurry of offense. So, so I've heard some people giving him props for this, saying they didn't think he could work underneath. I think he can only work from underneath, yeah. which I think fits within the WWE's um, the typical main event like ace style that mm-hmm. they want out of their guy because that's how Cena works. Right. I mean, C- Cena's a little bit more offensively minded, but he does a lot of selling. But that's where they they're trying to get Roman to what Cena does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman can't string the offense together like Cena can. He but but he can work from underneath. But uh. It was a stiff match. <laughs> they beat on each other. Um, I mean, he he busted uh, Brock open twice, hard way. Uh, Brock was absolute absolute savage. I mean, uh, this I thought was a killer match. I you you were touching on the story um, about him, you know, just taking the beating, but like even more of the story was that he took more of a beating than Cena, and he took more F5s and kicked out than it took to put Undertaker away. So they were saying mm-hmm. he took a worse beating than Cena, and even though the match was uh, patterned after the two Cena matches, right. it was patterned after that, but that's what they won out of Roman anyway. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. And, uh, but they said, hey, he took a worse beating than Cena. Hey, He took he, more F5s than yeah, the Undertaker. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was smart booking. Um I was a little bit initially. I was put off because they haven't established that you can join a match with the briefcase. Here. Right. So now that they have it, though, but I guess they haven't necessarily established that you can't. Have they necessarily established? No, I mean, nothing jumps out to me. for over the past. You know, I'll, it's whatever you know, they want it to be. Whenever yeah, for the past nine years, they've stated. You know, it it guarantees you a championship match whenever you want. Right. They've never said anything about it. Puts you into a match. But yeah. only that you get a match right they then and there. They probably that rule. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of it's just as one vague of those. as possible, so it can be whatever you want it to be. Right. Um, so, but I thought it's a, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good booking in the sense that they weren't ready for all. The, I, I want to backtrack just a little bit and say all that all the praise that I gave Roman. I'm still not convinced that he's ready to work a, work at a main event level where he's going to have to control the offense. Mm-hmm. So I'm still not convinced, but I do want to give him props because I felt like I was real negative with him going in. So I want to make sure that I get that across. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was smart booking. You keep you keep Lesnar looking like a beast. Um, it probably would have c- compounded on the the just the negativity of Roman if he if you would have beaten Roman like uh, without him taking the beating. You know, if if you didn't do it this way, if you just have. Lesnar beat Roman, mm-hmm. and then Rollins cashes in. It would have compounded the negativity on Roman because Roman right. Roman was pinned because he took a savage beating from Lesnar, mm-hmm. and he kicked out of what like four F fives, yep. yeah. and and you know a terrible beating. 
but then you know but then you keep Lesnar strong by not beating him it's it just were it was smartly booked yeah even though I was like oh I don't know how, they they're, how they're gonna do it they haven't established that this is like I think a, that I think because they had never discussed the idea of making it a triple threat match sure that that was the reason why we couldn't like really wrap our heads around it like how are they gonna do this yeah like someone's got to lose this match and then Rollins has to go in and cash in but no they they yeah that wasn't my problem my, yeah. my problem was simply like oh does this make sense because they haven't established that you could like add yourself to a match or whatever right once I mean it's it's canon now they have to work with it now I guess. yeah but, now you can you know uh, uh, there's a triple threat going on I let's make this a fatal four way why not well <laughs> yeah. Unless later on they're like, oh, what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, that you know, it's very whatever they want to do. Yeah. So, I, uh, uh, this match, I was going in with dread. Yeah. I know that sounds bad. I, I think like, we Roman, all are. Roman's going to win. We're like, Roman's not ready. Like, and yeah. It's going to look like crud because all what's going to happen is, in my head, it was either uh, Lesser's going to beat the heck out of him. Then, oh, guess what? At the end, he does a Superman punch and spear, and guess what? Roman wins. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be believable for me. And it was starting to look like that, too. Yeah. But luckily, things changed. Seth Rollins comes in, says, I started getting a little angry in. at the end. I was like, oh, look at this crud. And I was like, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. And, and it, you know, the booking for this, while it was predictable a bit of, of Rollins cashing in, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this since he won it at Money in the Bank, saying, you know, how how insane would it be if he's the first man to cash in at WrestleMania? Um, I had even forgot that it was a pot. I mean, I was so drawn into the. I thought it was, I thought it was a phenomenal main event, like mm-hmm. l- legitimately phenomenal main event. I was so sucked into the drama of the match that I forgot that it was a possibility that Rollins could even cash in yeah. because he was so much earlier in the card. They set him up by losing to be the guy who cashes in later, but mm-hmm. it was so, so... Like earlier in the night, I completely forgot about it. Yeah, and you know, it was one of those things. Like we didn't think we didn't think Reigns was ready. We didn't want to see Lesnar lose the belt. We we thought the only possible outcome of this happening would have been if like Heyman cost the match of some sort, which he didn't. So you know, the way that they, you know, they didn't do the 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 much talked about not just on our show but everywhere on the internet. They didn't do the much talked about double turn. Yeah. I mean, they did sort of do a turn, but it wasn't a double turn. Right. Um, you know, with with Rollins getting the victory on Reigns, it keeps Reigns looks uh, keeps Reigns strong, keeps Rollins strong, and it keeps Lesnar strong. So this this was absolutely the best booking that they could have done, the best decision that they could have made. Um, so, you know, I I applaud for the WWE for pulling that off because we went in there. I, you know, I personally was dreading this WrestleMania. I thought it was going to be very poorly booked, very poorly executed, and I was completely proven wrong. This was a very enjoyable WrestleMania, one of the better better WrestleManias that I have that I've gotten to watch, um, and I was very pleased. Me too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll just echo your sentiments here that uh, the show, the show, not just our show, but we we can only account for our show, right? And say that we were very negative going into this and i felt like they delivered they mm-hmm. uh they delivered the goods in, in the end yep tyler final me, thoughts me three yeah good stuff so yeah so seth rollins is your new wwe champion and uh you know just like i said i felt like i felt like they had to have a heel 
you know, close out the show one way or another. And sure enough, that's what that's exactly what they did. So I'm very happy with the with the decision that they did. But uh, now it's time to dive on into Raw. We kick things off with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman coming out, and Lesnar is not happy. He is very much pissed. He wants a piece of Rollins. He doesn't want to wait until a, a pay per view. He doesn't want to wait until SummerSlam. He wants Rollins. He wants his rematch. Right then and there, Stephanie McMahon comes out and says, "I really thought they were gonna get away with a Lesnar match on Raw." Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely looking like it. Sucked in. It was a very good tease. He got three more years, not three more cheap years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, Stephanie comes comes out and you know says, "Okay, tell you what, I'll give you your match. Why not? Once once Rollins arrives in the arena, it will uh, we'll get that set up." So, uh, I thought it was a very strong start to Raw. Uh, the first hour completely flew by. I was definitely enjoying the The whole uh, fucking show was engaging as fuck. Yeah. Very good stuff. That's what <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what they try to do on uh, like now. the raw. <laughs> well, I will say this. The stuff in the ring was good. In curse now. It's the okay. fans are fucking nuts. Yes. They were. Um you know, the crowd, for the most part, did a very good job of adding it, to... It was fine this year because they booked to that crowd this year. Everything, Absolutely. Everything they shot at them outside of the main event was saying, here, are you happy? Here, are you happy? Here, are you happy? <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything until, like, the... F- until, no, I'll say I'll say the AJ like the six diva tag Cena match. Sucks. I thought that was After pretty that. good. I thought it was a good tag. Yeah, it was okay. The fans were were kind of dying uh, down at that point. But yeah, this was definitely a here you go, fans, enjoy it. This is this is your night. Which why don't they do that every night? Why don't they give us these kind of matches and stuff? Well, like in, I know it'll. In fairness, that's not the that's not the crowd every night. That's true, but but you know if you give them that kind of action, the crowd can get into it more. And, sure. and who's watching at home says, oh, well, next time they roll into town, I'm I'm, th- I'm going to be a part of that. That's going to be good stuff. So, um, Man, so, I mean. Opening contest. You may, you may as well fucking say Lesnar is your number one with a bullet. Baby. Is, yeah. even, even on his way out until God knows when, probably SummerSlam, he's like your number one baby face. They did it so well. That the fans don't even realize that he is now a babyface. I think they fucking know. I think or, well, he's a fan favorite, but yeah. they don't realize that he's playing the role of face now. I mean, it's just, it's just well done. Like it, it's just the he was wrong. So now he's on the righteous path. I mean, he's not even on the righteous path. He's on he's the like, destructive path. Right, right. He wants blood, and the fans are like, "Yes, give him blood." <laughs> <laughs> he he looked like he was having fun, which is. Which is weird for Brock Lesnar because yeah. he sort he sort of looked like he was eating up that they were so fucking into him. He was like, oh yeah. He was like when they did the Suplex City chance, <laughs> he was like, hey, goddamn right. <laughs> you, you know when he gets that little smirk. Yes. Th- there's like two levels of smirk with Lesnar. Usually it's like a sneer, but this was like a smirk, like a yeah, I feel it. I feel you guys. He's like yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's my next shirt. Suplex <laughs> City, bitch. So uh, so yeah, so very good stuff. Um. Opening contest: Daniel Bryan versus Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. It, I, I wish this match could have gone on a lot longer. It was a great matchup. These guys, we saw a lot of aggression from these two, which I really, really loved. I want, I would love to see more of this than your traditional cookie cutter matches that we get on Raw so frequently. 
this was aggressive. It was fast paced. It was, you know, it, I, I love this matchup. Uh, the matchup ended. Daniel Bryan ended up getting the victory. So, uh, but what did you guys think about the matchup? I thought it was really good. I feel like Bryan has been in a rut since he's been back. And this was the first real sign to me of him, like, sort of pulling himself out of the rut. Mm-hmm. Not, and I don't just mean, like, booking-wise. I mean, like, I felt like match-wise he's sort of been in a rut. He's sort of been – I don't know if he feels freed up now that he's out of the main event. He doesn't have to work that specific, um, like, mold of what they want a main eventer to wrestle like. He felt mm-hmm. like – it felt like he sort of – this this match he sort of felt like he broke out of the <sighs> – just the paint by numbers matches he's been having for a while now. He yeah. felt it felt like he mixed he mixed it up. Shit, he's doing shit. Shit, he does that. He doesn't always do. He's mixing some new stuff in, mm-hmm. adding some headbutts, doing this a little different. Go yeah. throwing back to some of the arm work. Uh, and Ziggler, it just it and, just felt like it just felt to me like he broke out of the mold. He felt like he's been in, in since he's been back. Well, yeah, I feel like Ziggler did the did the same thing. Like at one point, I thought, oh man, I think. I think they're like shoot fighting right now because you know they were like grabbing each other's hair and faces and you know trying to kick kick one another and then Brian was like you want to fight me you want to you want do you want to fight yeah so I was like holy crap yes give me some more of that like give me more of that intensity yeah see I still don't buy Ziggler as a as a fighter guy mostly because he I he just doesn't click I think he's I know that I'm in the minor- minority opinion on this, but his off, he just does not excel at offense to mm. me. And I, I still have a lot of problems buying a lot of his offense. So even though I can appreciate him like trying to step up, it's just not quite there for me. Yet. Yeah. Like I don't buy the headbutts from Ziggler. I don't buy him as a headbutt guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian does a diving headbutt. He may not be the ultimate headbutt guy, but I can buy Brian doing a headbutt, you know? Yeah. It just, it was a good match. I, I, I don't want to be too negative because I felt like this Raw was, was really well. Well booked, well mm-hmm. well presented. So I don't want to be too negative, but you know what I mean. Yeah. How about you, Tyler? I did not get to see this. Did match. not get to see it. God, come on now. Well, uh, after the matchup, Wade Barrett decided to attack Daniel Bryan, and we get to hear Sheamus's music as he comes down and chases off Wade Barrett. But he's not done there. He gives a bro kick to Daniel Bryan, and uh, then starts attacking Dolph Ziggler, giving him a bro kick as well. And puts them on notice. Huh? Puts them on notice. Puts huh? them on notice. He's back, but that's not really the part that people were talking about. It's more the hairstyle that he chose. Saw pictures. Yeah. Very interesting hair. Well, he's um, he's a heel. Uh, he is a heel, and I did see you know, which some is comments. a good thing because he needed to come back as a heel. Yeah, he definitely did. It's it's something to freshen freshen up a bit. The and, whole fella like cheesy babyface gimmick was not working for him. Right. Let me tell you about my old cousin Frederick or something like that. But he's a, he's a damn fine wrestler. Yeah, his character work was just the shit. He so. sucks at comedy. It just needed something fresh. Yeah. He needed to go back to that heel whenever he first debuted. Yeah. So uh, it looks like we're going back to that, and you know his hairstyle, you know while different, could help him in the long run. Uh, you know even the braided beard and stuff like that, very uh, you know Celtic warrior esque. So people were shitting on it. I think the Mohawk looks fucking cool on him. And yeah. I like the beard. If he, I, I think the braids look stupid, like the little beads, I think they look dumb. But if mm. he just kept like he's he's like trimming it up different, it's bushy, but like he sort of like trims the neck out of it or whatever. Mm. I thought if he didn't have the beads in it, he would look look a lot if he cooler. He just goes like full blown. Sure. Well, I mean, he could trim it up, but have it bushy or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I thought he looked cool minus the beads, and uh, I'm refreshed to see him back as a heel. And I think he's a damn fine wrestler, and I, I'm more than happy to have him feud with Brian for the IC title. Yeah, and we, especially with their matches that they've had in the past, like ex, at Extreme Rules uh, two years ago. Yeah, so definitely two out of three falls match was yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So definitely go back and check that out. But after that, we got to see Cesaro, Tyson Kidd, the Ascension teaming up to go up against the New Day and the Lucha Dragons. So there were a lot of fans <sighs> there who were very well aware of NXT. So this was a good night to bring them in. I was about to say, this is how it happened. It was like Lucha Dragons got cheered, New, Ga- New Day got booed, mm-hmm. Cesaro and Kidd got cheered, and Ascension got booed. That is correct. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was really cool to see Lucha Dragons. It was a great showcase for uh, Callisto. Uh, the fans were all over him, you know, absolutely loving his work. Um, the the chemistry he had with Cesaro was top notch. It was, I mean, it was a fun matchup. The the crowd, like Tyler said, booing the Ascension and New Day, but cheering Cesaro Kid and uh, the Lucha Dragons. Uh, but the Lucha Dragons and New Day ended up getting the victory. Uh, Doug, what do you think about this matchup? Callista, Callista could not have asked for a better crowd to oh, they'd yeah. be in front of. They were ready to cheer that guy. Um, it's because they knew who he was first. <laughs> sure, and and I would argue that you know this raw is this building was filled with your hardest of your hardcores. These are mm-hmm. people who paid hundreds and thousands of dollars to attend this show. These are people who flew from other states and even other countries to be at this show. Yep. So. I'm not sure that Callisto gets that reaction everywhere he no, goes. No, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, but this not, definitely helps for sure, future shows. Sure, sure. But if you debut him in front of a crowd that does know him, we'll appreciate him. Mm-hmm. That will carry over to some of these other crowds. But I, as awesome as Callisto was, uh, in a debut here, you get you cannot under undersell the importance of Cesaro as a base for him because mm-hmm. if. If Cesaro isn't a fucking phenomenal base, then he does not look as fucking cool as he does coming out. Right. If you just throw Callisto, is not just doing that shit with any fucking lumbering asshole who can't move around. Like the like, backflip while standing on Cesaro's shoulders? Well, even just like the, the wraparound like head scissors mm-hmm. and stuff. Like Cesaro knows Lucha from like his... He, he trained in Lucha with like Skyda and dudes like that. He's a fucking... He knows how to fucking base for flyers. That... I don't know if it was by design. I hopefully someone's smart enough <laughs> to know that that was by design to put mm. him in there with Cesaro. I find it hard to believe other because they started together. Right. So, um, yeah, man, you can't under- undersell the importance of Cesaro in that match. And I'm not taking anything away from Callisto, but you got to have a base to do the cool flying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, it was good. What are your thoughts on New Day? Well, I mean, we've seen enough of them now. Do you think they should turn heel? Like, do you think they should? They've give already in to the sort crowd of. They've and, sort of hinted at it. Yeah. They sort of hinted at the we smile to keep from like uh, remember that entrance all that, there? all that evil and right um, <laughs> and Biggie even sent out a tweet that said New Day sucks the negative energy out of the fans yeah. and vomits it into a vat of positivity or something like that. Yeah, he's a smart dude. He's he's talented and he's sort of being weighed down right now. I feel like um, yeah. I don't know, man. I feel it's a dead end gimmick. Um, I feel like I, I I don't know the fans just don't like it I don't know yeah but like I said Lucha Dragons and New Day do end up getting the victory 
So that takes us into the uh, what happened next. Brock Lesnar coming out, wanting his match against Seth Rollins, and Rollins comes out and says, "You know, I'm just I'm feeling a little jet lagged, and my foot's hurting from curb stomping you and Roman Reigns last night. So I think I'm just gonna pass." And that sends Lesnar into a tirade, destroying everything in his path, whether it be cameramen, whether it be J and J security, good like hit uh, Heyman. Yeah, at first I thought it he, crossed he, my he mind. might have. But, I mean, taking out Michael Cole, taking out the commentary table, which apparently is so heavy it can't be lifted and set back up, but hey, whatever. Uh, just complete destruction and chaos inside the WWE ring and even outside, and the fans were eating it up. Part of what made this so satisfying, outside of the fact that Lesnar is just that fucking believable as a psycho, mm-hmm. is that... Uh, when they did the Rollins runaway spots, he caught him at least yes. twice. Yeah. He was like, nah, come back for, over here. Get for your his size, here. he is incredibly quick. So for him to be able to catch up Rollins was... Well, just the fact that he did, they, they set it up to where he could grab, where they like teased it like, oh, he's going to get his ass whooped. Mm-hmm. Then he got away. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, he's going to get his ass whooped. Oh, yep. no, no. Yeah. Oh, J&J taking the shots to, to allow him to s- escape. But... uh I don't think that they could have done this any better. Mm-mm. This was, if he's not going to be there for a while, they could not have have written him out of TV in a in a better way, in my opinion. I cannot think of a better way to write him out of TV. Period. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if if he's going to have selected dates and the crowd is completely hot for him right now, you know, the only way to keep him off TV for, to have a legit reason is to have a legit reason. Right. That being, oh well. You know, your actions have cost you, and now you're going to be suspended. Also, if you keep him around, you are playing... You're still stuck to the whole, like, does he get his rematch thing? And if you're not not prepared to put the belt back on him, and you're not prepared to beat him, then you got to fucking let him go. Right. Let him come back later (laughs) in the year. And And, and I think we all can agree. I, I was saying this last week, but I think everyone's in agreement now that there's no way you should beat this man right now. Not with... He's... They got to, I mean, A, they sunk a lot of money into him, so they got to protect him again now. But B, he's the hottest fucking thing you have. Even though he's <laughs> going to be gone, he's still the hottest guy you got. That's right. So, uh, so really good stuff from Lesnar delivering the F5 to Michael Cole and taking him out and the cameraman and then the fans chanting one more time for the cameraman and he delivered. So, really good stuff. Uh, I thought it was Matt Taven at first that was the cameraman, but I read on online later it was some other guy oh yeah it sort of looked like matt Taven. Hmm. so interesting stuff but uh after that we got to see damian mizdow going up against stardust um you know nothing really to take away from it damian mizdow ends up getting the victory and then miz attacked after the came match. out to miz's theme yeah that was definitely interesting so it looks like we're gonna keep the mizdow you know name going not not reverting back to sandow uh at least anytime soon uh, you know, unless they have a matchup and he gets introduced otherwise. So, um, but yeah. So after that, we got to see Curtis Axel coming out saying it took 29 men to eliminate me last night. They're all just jealous of my star power. <clears throat> the road to Axtreme rules begins tonight. And, you know, we get the debut of Adrian Neville from NXT, now simply called Neville. And um, before they... And uh, before we got here, they, they showed this like uh, stop stop motion. Is that the right, right word for like it? Like phantom camera, very slow motion. Like hit, if him hitting the red arrow, but it's like slow twist, like mm-hmm. 
it was a cool video, but I didn't expect that they were debuting him. Yeah, tonight. I was like, oh, he's gonna be coming up soon, and I just sure didn't know like how soon. soon. Yeah. Are you sure it's his debut, or is it just hey, it's, he, the, it's the Monday after? He was in a match with Zane and Breeze and like one other person, I think, for the Fatal Four Way match at uh, at one of the NXT Takeover matches. They so did that, yeah. That, well, it was they, a tag match. Tag match. It was it was to sort of pimp the special that was coming out. Yeah. Which, by the way, apparently NXT is going to be doing monthly specials now. No, that's actually been debunked. Oh, okay. Uh, that, was a, that was a typo, and they're they're going to keep it quarterly. Okay, that's probably better. Anyway. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. It's going to make it feel more important and bigger, you know. Right. Um, I still think that WWE should do similar to the same, go from like 12 to maybe 8. Uh, just, take, just, take them, just take a couple out. That'd be fine. So, um, but yeah, so Adrian Neville now just called Neville, and I know there was talks and rumors that they were gonna do like this whole Mighty Mouse superhero kind of gimmicky thing. But yeah, he does come out with a cape and a hood. So if if that's as far as they're gonna go with it with that, I am perfectly fine with it. Um, you know, definitely playing up to the crowd, showing off some of the moves that he can do. Oh, he just did his spots. Yeah, he did his spots, did the red arrow. So it was you know. All hype, really good stuff, really flashy, uh, quick matchup, getting the victory over Curtis Axel. He did the, the moonsault to the outside, like while still wearing the cape, yeah. and it looked cool. And he just sort of like snapped it off when he landed. I, I, thought, like, I okay. thought he was going to be like get caught or something. He's going to like hit it whenever he's trying to do it, and something weird was. Gonna yeah, happen I was over. really worried about that whenever he did Take it. The cape off. So, uh, but yeah, but it, the way he sort of like swung it off whenever he landed was like dope. It was like. <laughs> Later. Boop. So good stuff. But after that, we got to see John Cena come out and say, "Hey, earlier th- earlier tonight, you know, I want to be a fighting champion. So I issued out a, ch- a challenge. Anyone in the locker room who wants to fight for this title, come on out." I kind of thought it was going to be like some NXT guy. Yeah, I didn't know who they're going to go with, but they went with Dean Ambrose. I was surprised it was a Rusev like demanding a rematch. Yeah, especially since we saw him later that night. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're playing like. Um He's doing like a cerebral thing where he's like not making it apparent that he's coming for his rematch. Mm-hmm. But uh, I found it really weird that he didn't want a rematch. Or I could see them moving him on because why Why beat him again? If you're going to keep the belt on Cena, you're going to have to have him be beat again. So yeah. I, it makes sense to not do it. But uh, My client Rusev doesn't fight for a titles again. <laughs> oh. That guy should have been guy. driving the tank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My Poor. client Rusev, he doesn't agree to this match, but we're gonna have it, damn it! Poor guy, he couldn't <laughs> do that accent, and everyone just shit on him. If that guy would have came out of the tank as the guy who was driving it, that'd fucking <laughs> awesome. Here you go, Rusev. Best of luck in your matchup. I bet he's like watching Raw, and they're like, "Damn it, they're still making fun of me." Like, oh well, at least got a paycheck. <laughs> I got a nice paycheck out of it. You I know, do feel sorry for that guy. For though. my client Rusev. So, yeah, so we got to see John Cena going up hey, against Dean Ambrose. Bullying campaign, yet they're doing sick. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, you see the the logic there. So uh, we got to see Cena go up against Ambrose. I thought this was a very, very good matchup between these two. Showed some good chemistry. Um, you know, at the end of the match, Cena ends up getting the victory, but Ambrose was kind of uh, kind of flustered by that. You know, he thought, you know, he thought he was going to have him and seemed a little bit upset by it. But Cena at least showed him the respect, shook his hand, and you know that was the end of it. But I thought I thought these two had pretty good chemistry. I thought it was really good, yeah. really good match, really good TV match. Mm-hmm. Do you think this might lead to 
uh, a feud between I don't these think two? I don't think this is the feud. Just sort of a one and done kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think it was just a uh, uh, we want this crowd to be into this show, and yeah. so we're going to give them reasons to be into this show. Yeah. One thing, one small gripe that I kind of feel about this Raw is that they, they were giving the fans exciting matches and stuff like that, but I don't feel a whole lot of stories going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I think we, we did get some teases. I think they teased Orton... Feuding with Rollins. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going there. I think we're going to get Sheamus and Brian. Yeah. Um, we're not clear on Rusev's direction. Uh, we wrote Lesnar off TV. Um, another thing is, uh, for for a while, Saxton was alone on commentary after they oh, took the, the commentary out. That poor guy. Yeah. I mean, it's not his fault. He tried, like, I know people were shitting on him, and, and don't get me wrong, Saxton's not good. But it's hard as fuck to do that alone. Yeah. And at least he was like trying to tell the stories, trying to make sense of the matches. Give me a dude who's trying over those three fucks, like yeah. talking bullshit all He's day. He's at least explaining what's happening. Right, right. So, you know, and, and you know, unless your name is Joey Styles, it's insanely, yeah, it's insanely difficult to call the action that's it going did, on. They did the eventually ring. send Lawler out to help him. And- yeah. And thank goodness for that because. You know, it was it was tough to listen to, and you know, not to not to try and knock yeah, him yeah. down a peg because that that in itself is an extremely tough job. Yeah. I've tried to do color commentary at a local wrestling show, and I've I was like him. I was sitting there going, I, I have and you no weren't idea alone. what to talk about. Yeah, and I wasn't even alone. And so I'm sitting there going, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So you know, I can't I can't knock him for for going out there and trying. You know, they sent him out there, but in a sense, they kind of had to have known that it was going to happen. Well, sure, they know. they to me it was worth uh it was worth them selling the Lesnar thing by having him kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it was it was it was worth it. Did you uh, did you happen to see Booker T kind of grinning? Yeah, whenever they, <laughs> they peeked over, I was like, oh, Booker don't smoke. <laughs> He's off in Dreamland. He's seeing the five time WCW you okay picture. booger yeah Michael so at, least, at least JBL was out Michael Cole so uh but yeah good stuff from Cena and Ambrose uh that takes us into the uh, the next matchup AJ Lee Paige and Naomi going up against the Bella Twins and Natalia very interesting very interesting heel now with the now that she's kind of sort of getting along with her yeah her man and his partner she's getting along with Natty's husband yep so uh I don't know. Well, what do you think about this matchup? Well, that's pretty good. I was you into know? it. I guess I, I don't know. I think my focus may have been taken off of it. I wasn't really that into it. Gave him a good. They gave him a good amount of time. I yeah. felt like they worked. I think hard. it was like thirteen minutes or something like yeah, that. It was, I thought it was pretty good, man. I, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I liked it better than the Mania tag. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, AJ Lee, Paige, and Naomi do end up getting the victory. We'll have to see what that means for the uh, for the Divas Championship later on. After that, we got to see Rusev going up against Goldust in a very short matchup. Rusev ends up getting the win. Just about Rusev getting his heat back after yeah. losing last night. Yeah, it's sad that it happened to Goldust. Sure, but I, I, I mean, it's got to happen to someone. Yeah, yeah Goldust fucking good. He'll be all right. You need yep. any money, Mo? You. So that takes us into the main event, which we didn't figure out was going to happen until like two hours in. We didn't know what the main event was for the for the evening, uh, but it was uh, Big Show, Kane, and Seth Rollins going up against Randy Orton, and then you know basically saying, "Hey, go out and pick two of your friends. I know you've got a lot of them, so best of luck. We'll see you out in the ring." And 
you know, later on in the night, Ryback approached Orton saying, hey, if it's if it gives me a chance to beat up on the authority, I'm in. So you got beat me, me more, at least. man. And then uh, did you did you know for some reason? I don't know why that I, I didn't put two and two together that it was going to be Reigns. It was obviously <laughs> going to be Reigns. I was like. Who's the third guy? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, are they keeping the him way. off TV to sell the beating or what? You I know? was the same way, man. I, you know, I, I was doing the tweeting during Raw for for the podcast, and I'm sitting there going, "Huh, we don't know who the third person is. We haven't seen Reigns yet." I mm. legit, I legitimately, I spaced on it. I was like, maybe they're <laughs> uh, keeping I was him the off, same way. Maybe yeah. they're keeping him off TV to sell the beating. I don't mm. know. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Nope. It's. I mean, as soon as as soon as they were like, why. Oh. you know who I thought it was, and I don't know why I would think it was this person. Hmm. I was like, Sting. Nah, I wouldn't think that. But uh, but yeah. So, all in all, you know, he got a he got a <laughs> he got a negative reaction. I wouldn't even say he got a negative reaction. He got like a very like lukewarm, lukewarm. Reaction. It was yeah, just that's like, what I was thinking. It was like, oh. It wasn't even, it was, some people cheered him. Some people yeah. did boo him, some people cheered him. But it wasn't, like, even enthusiastic boos or enthusiastic cheers. It was just mm-hmm. sort of like, you know what? I felt like he earned a, I still don't think that he's the top guy or anywhere close to being the top guy right now, but I have a little bit more respect for him after that main event. I felt mm-hmm. like he may have earned some respect from the crowd, especially people who were there. And it really did not come across like he earned any respect. From yeah, people. the fans didn't care about this matchup at all. Uh, they were well, doing- not just this match, but I mean, I f- like oh, even yeah. him just coming in. Like I thought they would have, they would have, he would have earned a little bit more. Respect. Nope. Mm-hmm. No, not not in this case. But uh, yeah, this is. I mean, this is what I'm meaning. Like as far as the crowd lost me. I mean, they they started doing the wave and the the action in the ring completely stopped so that the camera could. Hey, look at this. Oh, that's cool. Why would you embrace? I don't understand why you embrace that because to me. Just even just by saying, "Hey, these fans are crazy" or whatever, like, look how passionate they are. That's you saying, "Hey, they, we're embracing them being disinterested in our product." Right. I, I sort of tussle with this like internally because I get it, man. Who the fuck can muster any enthusiasm or any care for Kane and Big Show? Mm-hmm. Those dudes have been bled fucking dry, right? Yeah. At the same time, I can, like, in my mind, think they booked an hour. They booked two hours and 45 minutes for your fucking asses. Can you give them a, 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 a one match and just, like, <laughs> behave yourselves a little bit or yeah. something? So I can see both sides. I can see both sides. Right. Like, heavily in the past, I've been on, like, a really big, like, fucking, just been really Tyrain. annoyed by it. I, I can. I, I can see it. I cannot see it. I don't know what. This was, like, the one match where I'm like, why did they book that? Because that's they're trying to push their their the, direction or yeah. whatever, but I I get it, man. Who the fuck wants to see Kane and Big Show anymore? Mm-hmm. He's, they've been all over these fucking shows for months and months. It's been bad and bad. Yeah. But like, weren't you stoked on the other like two forty five of the show? Like, still, yeah. I, don't know, I thought man. the I thought the rest of the show was was pretty solid. Yeah, I thought it was more than solid. I thought it was the best Raw I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, the really good stuff. I mean. Faces ended up winning, so that was. I'm nice. still sort of on the high of the mania and the post mania raw high. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if this. I don't think we can take this as to mean like we're in a good spot going forward. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have a better idea if we're going to be like re 
reinvigorated with the product next week when they're not yeah. in a town where they feel yeah. like they have to throw we'll their we'll have to see what they give us next right. week. Right. But uh all in all it just feels good to be positive on some shows because I we've I felt like I've been so negative on the mm-hmm. shit since since the rumble I just felt like we've been like blah 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 this sucks blah 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 <laughs> I hate this and it just feels nice to be like it was a fun fucking show. Yeah. I had a good fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't agree I enjoyed with, myself and I think you did too. I didn't agree with everything, but I can fucking overlook some of it. Yep. It was uh, just nice to have fun watching it. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was an enjoyable Raw. Yeah. Uh, speaking of negative stuff, like I said earlier, what was after Raw was the uh, interview of Sting and the yeah. ring. And Where are they going to go next? That sucks. Yeah. That we'll sucks. have to see. It really but, did. But yeah. So, I mean, that's how you wrap up WrestleMania. That's how you wrap up the Raw after Mania. It's always a good time. We've been fortunate enough to go to one of those. So really cool stuff. You're listening to a special interview segment for the official podcast for WrestlingNewsSource.com. Okay, folks, joining us on the show this week, he is the only wrestler in history to have held the WWE, ECW, and TNA World Heavyweight Championship, the one and only, the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. RVD, welcome to the show. Thanks, Donnie. I appreciate it. It's quite a dynamic intro, but I'm a dynamic guy, so it's all good. (laughs) Very cool, and we certainly appreciate your time coming on the show, talking a little bit of wrestling with us this week. For all RVD information, you can go to robvandam.com. You can follow him at TheRealRVD. You can also go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash RVD. So really cool stuff. So welcome to the show. It's WrestleMania season. Everyone's buzzing. People are always returning, going here, doing this and that. I'm sorry? I'm buzzing right now. <laughs> Very cool. What were your, what were your thoughts on your last uh, WWE run? Uh, well, you know, I had uh, some some good matches because you know all the wrestlers up there are like really good. So I mean, I had some uh, matches that that I enjoyed um, with uh, I guess with, with Seth and with. Um, um, Cesaro, you know, and but I mean, uh, but overall, um, it, it was nothing like the run the year before. In 2013, mm-hmm. I came back after many years off of WWE's television. They promoted it strong, like maybe stronger than anybody's return before with the video packages of RVD coming back. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I delivered Money in the Bank match in Philadelphia. That was awesome. That whole run, uh, I had a great time in 2013. 2014, uh, it was like they they had nothing for me, no big intro. The writers seemed to not notice I was there. Like, my music hit uh, the day after WrestleMania, and I just kind of, like, walked out like I'd always been there. So, uh, it was, yeah, it was good, but I don't feel, you know, like there was a lot of utilization uh, put on RVD. That's, uh, That's really the reason I'm not in a big hurry to go back. No, oh, okay. Uh, you know, and you did mention like how you felt like the the writers backstage didn't really have a you know a big plan for you. It seems like that's sort of showing itself on the programming lately. Do you do you keep up with the programming and and what are your thoughts on the product uh, right now? Um, I, I actually don't uh, even when I'm on it uh, unless I watch while I'm there in the like in catering and the shows going on live. Uh, otherwise, I don't really uh, keep up with it. I certainly get a lot of feedback from fans because they're everywhere, and everybody wants to tell me uh, whether they're happy or disappointed in uh, in what what the wrestling uh, 
product is. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's an art form. And then the fans, uh, it's their job to receive that art expression. And, and that's the way it goes. The fans don't, don't dictate. Um, you know, I mean, I think that a lot of the, the judgment is okay for conversations when they're amongst themselves. But, you know, as a, uh, as a wrestler, I think that when, uh, when the fans really think that they know uh, what would be better if they were in Vince's position, they think they could run a global, you know, uh, billion-dollar company, then uh, I usually tend to think, uh, you know, it's probably that fan talk's probably going to be more enjoyed amongst themselves. You've had a very lengthy career. You've reached sort of a, a legend status in the wrestling world. So, you know, you can kind of come and go as you please to whatever promotion you want. So, you know, I feel like I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on, you know, sort of the part-time gig as opposed to full-time? Do you think it helps or hurts the products, you know, because you you have the up-and-coming stars who are trying to make a name for themselves, but they tend to have to take a back seat to the, you know, the, the, the Brock Lesnar's, the Chris Jericho's, the RVD's. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that it's uh, all about balance. You know what I mean? Like, first off, it is the kind of business that in order to get into it, you have to sleep, breathe, and eat wrestling. You have to compete with all these other up-and-comers that want it so bad more than anything else in their lives. Like, they want this. And, you know, anywhere in the world, if you're talking about trying to make it, to the level of being a superstar and you're fighting against those odds, you pretty much do have to have that kind of determination to make it. So guys like myself uh, and probably Chris Jericho, maybe Brock, uh, but I can speak for myself personally and uh, wholeheartedly and tell you that it's true for me. Um, I don't want it nearly as bad as those other guys do. However, I have you know, over 25 years of experience that you can't replace with skill or with natural gifts or talents. I mean, whatever, that's something that you only get with, with enough time. So we have that. We have a lot to offer. Plus, like you said, uh, I'm a legend. I've impacted people's lives in such a way that they'll, they'll never forget. Uh, I get that because I was a fan as a kid, and because I watched wrestling as a kid, even if I hadn't seen Rowdy Roddy Piper and Greg the Hammer Valentine since, uh, you know, if I haven't seen them in the last 25, 30 years, I would still recognize them if they walked into the room. That's, that's the way that you impact someone's lives when you're on the TV set in their living room week after week, uh, especially for a certain growth period in their life. That's, that's the kind of... Uh, that's the kind of superstar vibration that you, that you can't buy. You can't, you can't get that anywhere else. So you have to utilize that. And you got guys like that to draw. And you got fans that want to see that. Fans, uh, generations of fans, you know. I mean, I've been doing it so long. I have people say, uh, I had, uh, I had uh, something yesterday on Twitter that said, said RVD, when I was growing up, I wanted to be you. Now I showed my son uh, your footage, and now he wants to be you. That's pretty awesome. You know, I'm like a Highlander. Like I just, I just keep going. Uh, so, but yeah. So you know, the young guys that they, they come up, they can be really good. They can be talented. They can get the fans' attention. You know, so they want to keep their eye on them. But they can't be legends and superstars uh, without 
really haven't put in the time. So uh, that's it. I mean, the um, it, it's a balance. And 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 again, when the fans that think they know what's best, they 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 look at it either way. Either like they either like uh, the veterans, uh, they're not putting the young guys over. They think or. Or they think, you know, that, uh, oh, the young guys are, you know, squashing the superstars. That's not right or whatever. No matter what you do, they're going to they're gonna pipe up and, and complain about it. But uh, when it comes to that, you know, that's, uh, that's the way it is. Like last time, uh, I don't think any of the young guys um, had, to, had to worry about uh, being, uh, playing second fiddle to RVD. I was, I was, I was on my back uh, so often that... Uh, I have to get the the heels on my boots polished up. My toes are still brand new. <laughs> and you did, you know, you mentioned making an impact and uh, affecting people's lives. All you have to do is put your hands over over your head, put your thumbs out, and point start pointing to those shoulders, and people instantly know who you're talking about. I brought it up to a few of our listeners, fans of the show. Once they saw the thumbs coming down, they they had some questions for you. So uh, we do have some listener questions. One from Josette asking, uh, "Who has been your favorite opponent? Who you think brought the best out of you?" Um, out of throughout my whole career, that's going to be Jerry Lynn. When I first wrestled him in ECW, you know, I could have bowled right over him, and uh, he could have just been, you know, uh, yesterday's challenger. But I thought that there was something special about him. And so the first time I wrestled him, we went 25 minutes. Uh, and by the end of the match, I, my, my hair was pulled out all over. I had a bloody nose. My wow. outfit was ripped. We had splinters were pulling out of our ass. And uh, when I finally beat him, I felt like I earned that victory. And, and that was, for me, what I enjoyed about that time period, ECW being the whole effing show. I had enough control to make sure to do my part to do what I could to make sure that anyone that bought a ticket to come to see me got their money's worth. Later on in life, that's taken away from you because what can you really do if you're only out there for two minutes and, and that's going to include two ring entrances, a run-in, uh, and a finish? You, know, you can't, at that point, you can't be the whole effing show every night. So that's where some of the compromise uh, was happening. But Jerry Lynn... And uh, also Sabu, because he's so like-minded when we have a match. We both have similar ideas of what would make it a killer match. So that's what's important. Nice. Blake wants to know, uh, do you feel a difference between fans of different organizations, like uh, WWE, TNA, and ECW fans? Uh, Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, the ECW fans were original. I think everybody knows that. Like they Mm -hmm. They were part of the show. And they were a big part of the show. And other fans in other towns and other countries even would imitate the fans that were on ECW's television. So the fans actually had their own fans. Now, with WWE, I mean, there's a mixture because it's such a big crowd. But you have the the middle America kind of crowd that they target, you know, that has uh, its children and its families and its family entertainment. The hardcore fans also go to those shows, so you're going to feel their energy in there too. But the wide uh, majority of that vibration, that energy from the crowd, is more of a uh, more of a family, family fun kind of thing. You know, now with TNA, uh, the fans that would come out to Universal Studios when I was there, um, uh, a lot of them were 
fans that were shuttled in from the park that were there to ride roller coasters and uh, and got to go to a free show. And then there was the other fans that were there that would support the product because they really wanted to see TNA get ahead. They believed in the product. They liked coming to a wrestling show regularly and being part of it. It's a social uh, environment for them. But at the same time, those fans, uh, they, they want to do their part to try to get the company uh, ahead so that it survives uh, and that it continues moving forward. And that comes with its own kind of uh, supportive energy. So for sure, big difference in all of them. Cool, cool. Um, our buddy Ryan uh, says, I was a huge ECW fan and started tearing up for the nostalgia and then seeing you beat uh, Cena for the strap. What was the atmosphere uh, like during the 2006 one-night stand? Well, I mean, I think everybody could feel the atmosphere uh, watching that, you know, when the fans were screaming and throwing Cena's uh, shirt back at him. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, you know, it was perfect. There's always been this this feud between Philly and New York, and they would argue about which fans were the better ECW fans. And we would travel back and forth, and they would, you know, they both wanted us to consider them a home. Excuse me, I got to sneeze. Ugh. Okay, I went away. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, having said that, the Manhattan Ballroom was like the perfect environment to capture. That, that energy to have the fans, you know, pouring like right over top of us. And uh, just the fact that those fans that night were 100% behind me and my passion and my vision, which brought that night to, uh, uh, you know, to, to fruition because it was me. Uh, it, it was me alone, you know, that said, hey, let's do a pay-per-view and, and have it be ECW and just have everybody that was ECW be able to wrestle ECW style because that's the way we want to go. We want to do it. And, and, and that's, that's what it was all about. And the fact that we knew at that one in 2006, we knew that we were going to be uh, using that momentum to roll into a, a third brand that was going to be on sci-fi. And so it was a very, very happy time for me and my career. I went through several cycles of motivation and then frustration and then back to motivation. At this point, I felt awesome and I felt like uh, I could keep I could keep doing it yeah. uh, for many, many, many years if I was able to wrestle ECW style. But on WWE's Grand Central stage in front of the world, uh, that was just win, win, win for me. Yeah. Very cool. We've touched up on WWE. We've touched up on DC, uh, ECW. You've spent some time in TNA, and I know you mentioned earlier that you don't really follow the products, but uh, what, were your, what were your thoughts during your time in TNA and also uh, your thoughts on them moving from desti- uh, fr- to desti- Destination America from Spike? So, you know, when I first got there, they were trying to do Monday nights up against Raw, and I thought that sounded exciting. You know, I don't didn't know... Uh, much about them, but they were trying to hire some former WWE guys, uh, it seemed like, or guys with some star power um, and try to go up against. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, that's going to get people talking for sure, but um, some of the guys they seemed to not hold on to, they switched because that wasn't working. We weren't getting the ratings. 
And uh, the whole time I was there, they were still trying to do the right thing, you know, move around different nights. They they ended up moving out of the studios and doing their TVs on the road. Uh, but at that time, that was like the same week that, that I left them after doing uh, three years with them. Uh, it was... It was cool. It was an easy gig. I would I would work for two days, uh, and then I would have two weeks off. And uh, it was, you know, so that was, like, easiest gig out of my career until they started adding more house shows, uh, more events. But I had a cap on how many shows I would do in a year, so when they would use up all my dates, then uh, they would injure me and I'd be off for a couple months. Uh, and it was, you know, there was always, uh, sometimes it looked like they were doing things right, other times not so right. Uh, when they turned uh, Jeff Hardy into a heel, I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. Uh, Vince Russo was telling me about, you, you know, it's the right thing to do for business. And they, I mean, they, they, people love Jeff. They loved mm, RVD yeah. and Jeff. Like, we were two of the, we were two of the baby faces. Like, they would have loved to see us tag team. They would have been great. Uh, they love to cheer. The kids love Jeff Hardy. And now he's spitting on them, trying to get them to buy that he's a heel. I, I couldn't get behind that. I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, just like I uh, thought it was ridiculous that they uh, they filleted me and uh, had ripped my skin open and left me on TV like shredded in a, pot, in a, in a um, pool of blood uh, to give me some time off because I used my dates up. And then I come back later on and I didn't even have any scars or anything. And so it was mm. like, it was, it was, it was hard to take a lot of what they were doing seriously, mm. you know, but at the same time I was there for them, you know, like yeah. I was try to, trying to do my part I, and, and, you know, trying to help spread the word and do what I could to draw attention to TNA. When they moved to destination America, I wasn't surprised. I was always hearing that, uh, their deal with Spike was over. Like while I was there, I was always hearing, "Oh, TNA's gonna fold. Their deal with Spike's gonna end. They're not gonna renew. They're gonna fold." And they've still been going strong against all these rumors. So I'm not gonna rule them out uh, at any point, uh, as long as you know they get, as long as they look like there's a reason to believe they'll be around. And uh, I think uh, they can do it. But Destination America is a brand new channel. Nobody knows about it. So their attendance. Uh, their viewership, of course, went way down and plummeted, which isn't what you want because they weren't getting the the best viewership anyway. I mean, they were they were kind of keeping a bit of an average, but they were hoping to grow. They've actually gone in the other direction, but uh, hopefully that's just a temporary, you know, growth pain uh, due to the move. And hopefully, Destination America will be able to uh, to boom from it. But in the meantime. Uh, I don't think anybody's touching WWE's position as number one. I think it is a good year for independents uh, to to step up uh, and have bigger shows. They're, they're able to offer uh, more. There's a few guys that are talking about uh, actually organizing some of those companies, guys like Jeff Jarrett, Shane Douglas. They have the brain power to actually do something. So I think WWE is, is right now allowing – that to happen in the in the wrestling universe and that's probably a good thing 
competition is always a good thing. And we were, you know, during your time in TNA, we were fortunate enough to go to a, a local house show that TNA had uh, when you were the TNA champion. So that was pretty cool. But, you know, getting out of wrestling, because you've done more than just wrestling in your career. You've done acting, you've done voice work, you know, comics, all kinds of good stuff. So I want to dive into some of that, uh, some of your extracurricular activities, I guess. Uh, you voiced the character Bobby in Saints Row the Third and Saints Row's Four. Uh, did you have to audition for that role, or, or were you contacted about it? How did that come about? Yeah, no, I was just contacted. I don't remember how the original conversation took place, but um, the the guy that, uh, that that was handling the production, uh, I've known him through previous projects and worked with him in the past. Uh, it was just fun. Um, I actually don't i hate doing auditions so that's one thing that keeps me from doing more work in the acting world <laughs> is that I, you got you got to come after rvd and and, and say i'm not, look i'm looking to cast rvd otherwise it's probably not going to happen <laughs> do you play video games uh, i don't i mean I, I grew up on video games and i'm a fan of the genre but i don't uh spend any time playing them currently and so you know, gotcha. the, any games, any games I'm going to be able to name are going to be like way back. You know, Dig Dug, Moon Patrol, shit like hey, that. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Those are awesome. Uh, and you did spend some time, you know, creating a comic books. Uh, are there any comics that you're into right now? Um, I'm not reading anything uh, in the comic world right now, um, but uh, Deadpool is my favorite character as an adult. My uh, favorite character my entire life has always been Ghost Rider since I first found him when I was like seven years old. So I have the biggest, most ridiculous collection of every statue and every item with Ghost Rider's trademark image on it. Uh, but Deadpool uh, is is way cooler. And now everyone has caught on to Deadpool, so now he's like really hot and it's not hard to find merch with them. But yeah, I have a my book is a Twisted Perception, the graphic novel that I wrote. Uh, I, I actually like to write. I fancy myself uh, a writer that doesn't get around to, to writing nearly enough, but that's uh, something something that I enjoy doing. Very cool. Uh, we always like to ask this question. Are there any particular road stories that you could share and a side part not involving 18 grams? <laughs> I don't know why this just popped into my head, but when we were in... Ireland, uh, not WWE, but this is for AWR. We had some really fun uh, tours over there for this for this group. And on this particular tour, uh, Gangrel was was on the tour. And every night he had a casket match where he would uh, have to roll the opponent into the casket that was beside the ring, or vice versa, I guess, to end the match. And uh, we pulled over at some truck stop. And Sabu and I had this idea uh, because there was a blow-up doll, a sex doll, uh, <laughs> that they were selling there. And so uh, we we got it. Sabu bought it. And uh, and she did the tour with us. Like, every day, like, we bring her into the dressing room. And uh, she she got abused a lot. People <laughs> her. And uh, she was actually, you know, on tour the whole time. But uh, so we had this idea one, one, one day that it would be funny if we could sneak 
the uh, sneaker into the casket right before they bring the casket out to the <laughs> ring. That way, during the match, they lift open the casket. This sex doll would be there in front of everybody. And the fact that we were like in a high school and it was in front of kids, that just made it funnier to us. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's I love yeah. I love that question because you, you always get something you weren't expecting, and that is awesome. Um, yeah. So we have we have one more question for you before before we wrap things up. Uh, you know, you've accomplished so much in your career. What is what's next on your on your list of things to do? What's what's left to accomplish for Rob Van Dam? Well, um, there's a lot in the writing world. Like it's very important to me that I get my autobiography um, out, you know, before I die, and someone else writes it and screws my whole life story up. <laughs> so that that's important to me. But at the same time, it's not something that I'm actively uh, facilitating because I have other writing projects that are also important to me, and and I have to finish. This this fiction novel that I'm working on before before I before I do that or at least that's the way my brain is working. But anyway, um, I like to create, and I see myself in the future as uh, using my brain more and my body less uh, for for business, and uh, and that's a good thing. And it's a good it's organic. It's a very natural thing uh, that I see happening. There's uh, there's there's movie projects that, I mean, there's several that I'm attached to as talent or I've just signed letters of interest if they get the movies made. But there's also projects that are mine um, and none that are like at a stage where I, it's time to start plugging them. But, uh, but they're important to me because they're about educating people on stuff that I, that I want to do my part to help share knowledge uh, with, with the people. I think it helps. Uh, better lives when they understand how life works more. So, so there's uh, there, there's a lot, you know. There, there, there's there's that that kind of stuff, and like I'm always I'm always at least as busy, if not a little busier than I want to be. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, for for a while. Am I right with consistency? I'm enjoying not being on the road with WWE. I'm enjoying the beautiful weather in California because <laughs> I haven't been I haven't been traveling. Uh, to anywhere cold, it's so easy to forget that people have snow. You know, like I'll talk to my friend in Massachusetts, they'll say, oh, I got another six inches last night. And until they say that, it's not even in, on your brain. You're like, oh, that's right. You poor, you poor sons of bitches up there. Yeah. <laughs> All good. All good. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Well, enjoy that weather while you can. Very well. I mean, obviously it's California, so the weather is always nice. Uh, for all information on Rob Van Dam, go to robvandam.com. Also at the real RVD. You can also go to prowrestlingtees.com/RVD for all your RVD merch. Thank you very much for your time. All right, cool man. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks, Tyler. You guys have a great day. All right, later, you too. Rob. Have a good one. All right, later. So really cool stuff. Hope you enjoyed our awesome interview with the one and only rvd so that'll pretty much wrap it up we don't have any hot topics to dive into that's right rvd is now wns certified so really cool stuff so uh no no questions no answers no hot topics this week no lucha no ring of honor so uh, very wwe wrestlemania buzzing well look man 
Hebert had a little bachelor thing over the weekend. Yeah, we, buddy. We got we literally got back in time just to watch Mania <laughs> and shit. Yeah, so, we uh, got we, we had to move boxes line. around. Yeah, well, also we stood Dude. in line at the ferry for a long time. Yeah, over an hour yeah. we got stuck on that bitch. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Had nah, move. we'll probably be back to normal next week. It'll be good stuff. Yep. So thank you all for listening. We certainly do appreciate it. Make sure to submit your questions on our YouTube page, WNS Video, also our Facebook page, WNS Podcast. You can check, check us out on WrestlingNewsSource.com, WrestlingNewsSource.com on Facebook. Subscribe to us on wrestling, on iTunes by searching Wrestling News Source Podcast. We're also on BeyondPod, Player.fm, and Stitcher. Just search Wrestling News Source Podcast to find us. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at WNS Podcast. You can follow Daniel at WNS underscore Daniel. You can follow Tyler at Tyler underscore Aber. So there you go. Very fun stuff. Thank you once again for listening. For the podcast crew, I am Daniel Heron. I'm Tyler Aber. I'm Doug. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye, Donnie. Bye.